everybody. Hello, everybody. Uh, this is the fourth episode of the Getting Close with Mike Marbag podcast. I am, as always, podcast. Um, now, I hate to start off every week. Well, not every week. Uh, that makes it sound like this is a weekly thing, which it is not. Uh, never said it would be a weekly thing, as we discussed last time around. Uh, but I hate to start off every podcast with the line, I'm sorry it's been so long since the last podcast, but I'm sorry it's been so long since the last podcast. I've just had, um, I've been I've been busy, you know, simple as that. I had things to do. Shit happened. Life happened. Lots of life stuff happening. Well, not life stuff. That sounds weird. That makes it sound like I'm having a baby or uh, I'm moving or I lost my job, or I'm really sick or something like that. It's none of those things. Thankfully, none of those things. Well, not that moving's bad or having a baby's bad. I just, I'm not moving, and I don't, I'm not seeing anyone, so I'm not going to be having a baby anytime soon. Uh, well, that got weird real fast. Um, but yeah, I've been, I've been real busy. Not with real life changes or anything like that, but with general busyness. Uh, lots of show stuff, lots of Philly comedy-related things happening. Fit was in the middle of a six-week run, which was great. Uh, there were shows happening all the time. Uh, I was helping out there when I could. Uh, there was Duo Fest, which was awesome, too. Uh, I got to see a whole lot of shows there. Uh, I was helping out there as well. Uh, there was two classes that I was teaching, a 101 class and a conservatory class. Uh, plus, I was seeing shows. I got to support my fellow comedians, y'all. Uh... And just lots of uh, stuff happening uh, outside of outside of that. Uh, also, I did my own show. Uh, Here's Johnny, which I'll talk about in a minute. Uh, that was uh, that took up a good amount of time. Plus, I do have a full time job. I do have to pay the bills, people. Uh, I'm not getting paid for this, so unfortunately, it just kind of kept getting pushed uh, down the list of priorities. Um, but now it's back. Now it's up. Um, it's it's getting done, finally. Uh, it was actually recorded a few weeks ago. Uh, I just didn't have time to put the, uh, put the bumpers on it. Um, I don't know if bumpers is the correct term at all. Uh, it's, uh, it's what I'm recording now, an intro, uh, and then the outro. Um, those are probably the correct terms, uh, but I call them bumpers. Right now, you're listening to the bumper for the Getting Close with Mike Marbach podcast. And again, thank you for listening. Uh, Duo Fest was awesome. Really, 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 really cool. Uh, a couple of my favorite shows included my own Asteroidians, Luke Field and Jessica Ross, performing in Hot Dog, which uh, was awesome. So good. Such a really, really fun energy about that show. Uh, and I hope that it's not the last time. I, You know what? Uh, I'm going to go on record. I would say that that is not the last time that that show will premiere. Uh, And I I say that because, if you're unfamiliar, uh, it was supposed to be Jessica Tandy performing in that slot, which is also a really, really really fun show. Uh, But uh, Jessica's partner could not make it out, make it it to the show. So Luke uh, swooped in, saved the day, and as I said, they put on a really, really, really fun show. Uh, and I'm looking forward to the next one. And I'm very proud of those two as they are part of my improv family. Uh, there was also Scram with Joe Bill 
and Jill Bernard. Uh, so good. Such a lesson in patience. Just allowing things to happen. Just listening to what your partner is saying and building on it and reacting to it and, uh, and reacting appropriately um, for your character. Uh, it was just really... It was great. It was a class. It was a class. It was a class for anybody that uh, was watching. Dangerous Fools. So good. Oh, my God. Annoyingly good. Mary Carpenter, Thomas Fowler. Fantastic. I saw them in Fringe uh, last year. I saw two of their shows, and I actually got to do lights for this one. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good out. thought I gave them a pretty good blackout. thought I gave them a pretty good light pump. Babe. Uh, so yeah, uh, Duo Fest was really, really good. Plus a lot of out, out of town stuff. Um, not in addition to Scram, there are people from Canada, um, and other places uh, I can think of anywhere else. Um, uh, Michigan, uh, New York, of course. Yeah, there are people from all over. All right, just go to duofest.com. You can check out the list. And, and see where everybody was from. But uh, all the shows I saw, and I saw a lot of shows in Dua Fest this year, were really good. Uh, looking forward to the next one. Maybe even being in it next year. Uh, we'll see if uh, Tin Sandwich can get its act together. Yeah, here's Johnny. As I said, that premiered uh, May 29th, Tuesday night. Uh, it was very well attended. I was very nervous. I've never been... Not never. I haven't been that nervous for a show in a very long time uh, because uh, it wasn't an improv show. I mean, there was improv involved in it, of course, because the some of the bits were just kind of uh, planned, but then other things were where it was an interview setting uh, or we just kind of outlined stuff and whatever happened, happened. Um, plus, I've never done a character for that length of time, which was just about an, almost exactly an hour. And... Even though Bert was there and the guests were there, this was, here's Johnny. I played Johnny. Uh, so if I sucked it up, um, if I stunk it up, if I was the worst ever, uh, then the show would fail, I guess. Um, but, you know, I like to think I did a pretty good job. I, I like to think that uh, I did uh, Johnny a good, a good homage. He's, he was always one of my, one of my idols. So being able to to do that was uh, was personal personally cool uh, for me to be able to say that I've done. Um, and shout out to Bert, fantastic as Ed McMahon, uh, filled the role really really well. Again, yep, Bert Archer from from Asteroid. I use the same people over and over for different things that I'll do. You know, kind of like Frank Darabont would do, or Frank Capra. Find people you like working with and use them over and over again. Yeah, the next one I think will be July 8th. Don't quote me on that, please. Mm. This, if you've noticed, is now being hosted at MikeMarbach.com. That's right, Mike Marbach, the website. Uh, something I had a while back. I had MikeMarbach.com years ago, like in the late 90s and uh, through the 2000s. I never really did much with it. It uh, played host to some articles that I would write uh, and post in what I call the open mic column, uh, which uh, those will eventually be up on the site. Um, in the archive section, you'll be able to access those going back to about 2000, I think it was the mid-2000s, those were, those were from a bunch of uh, articles on various topics. 
some of which included me moving, thinking about moving to Chicago, which uh, was really cool to go back and read for me. And I don't know that it would be for you. You could probably give a shit, but uh, for me it was it's almost like a journal. Gay! Yeah, all right, so check out MikeMarback.com. It's going to have my company letters, the goofy letters I've written to companies. It's going to have the Getting Close podcast, the Good Talking with Mike and Jay podcast, um, my resume, my voiceover demo. It's going to have a whole bunch of stuff, uh, sketches that I'm going to have filmed, uh, show information for me, Beardo, Asteroid, whatever. Here's Johnny. Um, so it'll be a one-stop shop for all things Marback. Uh, and with that, I do believe we are all caught up. So, moving ahead with the podcast. Now, this one, this podcast, this episode features the end crowds, BJ Ellis. Um, it was recorded a few weeks back, as I've said. It was just waiting for the bumpers. Waiting for the bumpers, babe. And I was quite hungover. Not gonna lie. Uh, actually, I don't need to lie. I think I say it right in the podcast. Um, I was not feeling well, um, but I pushed through for you guys. I pushed through. I wanted nothing more than to just lay in bed and watch Mad Men or nothing. Watch the inside of my eyelids probably would have been more accurate. I was pretty hungover. Um, but the thrilling conversation between myself and BJ kept me kept me motivated to continue. Uh, It was. It was a really good conversation. The guy likes to talk, which is good, because I like to ask a lot of questions. It's a good combination. Uh, And he has a lot to say. He's got a lot of really strong opinions on a lot of different things. Uh, We talk a lot about the end crowd, of course. Just about any angle, any facet of of the end crowd you want to know about, uh, we probably cover in some way, shape, or form. Uh, we talk about, of course, the differences between long-form and short-form improv. Not too much, because that's been heavily debated. And quite frankly, I'm of the opinion, who cares uh, about long-form versus short-form? Let people do what they want to do. Uh, both are awesome. Um, so he's got some opinions on that. Uh, we talk a lot about the dynamics within a group. We talk about... Uh, The fact that running a show and whether you are charging or not, uh, or whether you have a free show, uh, how he feels about how that affects the comedy community and the growing of an improv or sketch or stand-up world. Um, Yeah, we talk about a whole lot of different things. God, uh, we talked for a while, and there was uh, was very, very little cut out of of this interview. Uh, it's it's pretty much as is. So uh, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, you know what? If you do enjoy it, click on the little like link, which appears underneath. Uh, so if you go to the main the main page with the with the podcast, click on that little link that link. <laughs> click on the little like link, uh, and that will appear then on your Facebook page. You can tweet it out. Tweet it out. Uh, to people, get the word out about the podcast. Let's build up. Uh, let's let's start having some people uh, really listen to this thing, and and you know it'll drive people to my site, mikemarback.com. They can waste a whole lot of time there and like other stuff. Uh, so yeah, help a brother out. Get the word out. I hope to have these fed 
through to iTunes soon, so you can subscribe. Look out for that at some point. Um, as soon as I figure out how to do it, I really don't know. Uh, I'm not really sure what I'm doing. I keep bugging Aaron Herzog as if he's the WordPress master. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, right now he is the WordPress master. He runs Widout.net. Shout out to Widout.net! Um, so, yeah. I hope you enjoy it. Please listen as I get close with BJ Ellis. Uh, BJ. Hey. Ellis, thank you for for being here. Just making sure my phone is off here. Um, thank you for coming to do the getting close with me I don't. I don't think it should be entirely too close with Mike Marbach. Because <laughs> we, we, we really are. Very yeah, we're entirely <laughs> too close with Mar- we're, Mike Marbach. We're very close. Literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to be uh, close figuratively by the end. I think so. I, And maybe even more so literally. Um, this is going to be groundbreaking because I don't really think a lot of people know who I am. Well, they, they say, oh, that's BJ, but I don't think a lot of people have seen like me perform outside of, you know, random Troika and yeah. Hans Gruber, which Hans Gruber, which if you haven't seen, is basically... Well, shoot from the hip. <laughs> I I haven't seen it. You know, man, uh, it's all right. Yeah, I've seen you do the troika. Yeah, I saw you do blind troika. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, and I've seen you do end crowd, of course. Mm-hmm. And that's that's pretty much well, mainly end crowder. Yeah, that dominates ninety five percent of my time. Yeah, it definitely does, from yeah. what I could tell. Uh, well, I like to go back to the beginning. Okay, back to. Uh, growing up. Growing up. First. Uh, so why don't you tell me a bit about growing up. Uh, what was your childhood like? Are you an only child? Uh, no, I have a younger brother. Okay. Uh, he's a doctor. He's Dr. Ellis. Dr. Ellis. Yes, he's of internal medicine. I grew up in Pottstown, Pennsylvania, home of, the former home of Mrs. Smith's Pies, <laughs> where George Washington made his headquarters for three days in 1770-something. Um... And uh, I was I was the guy I was the kid in school that didn't like to read. I, you were that kid. Yeah, like doesn't didn't like to read out loud in class. It was really quiet, okay. and everyone was asked to speak up. Okay. Oh, so you you just didn't like to read out loud? Yeah, I was shy. I was okay. terribly shy. All right, because yeah. I I don't like to read. Period. Yeah. I don't mind reading. I just don't. I didn't like reading out loud because I had a speech impediment okay for a good chunk of my elementary years what was the impediment uh like s's and th's got crossed so instead of think i would say sink and but instead of and then vice versa yeah when i get really tired sometimes i fall back and just that's a thought 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 wow yeah I, 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 I would think that that would have been adorable up to a certain age uh yeah come third grade was kind of a problem it was Identify as a developmental problem, <laughs> but I overcame it through hard work and flashcards. Flashcards? How do flashcards help? Well, they have pictures and you just drill words. Oh, okay. I'm also a teacher. Yes. So I educate. Okay. From time to time. Yeah. Uh, you're educating me right now. Yeah. I'm learning things. Uh, okay. So that's. You said you had one older brother. Younger. One younger yeah, brother, Dr. Ellis. Dr. Ellis. Dr. Ellis. Yes. Uh, of internal medicine. Yeah. What is, isn't all medicine internal? Um, yeah, but there's like specific areas. He's kind of like a general internal. I'm not, you know, I'm honestly not really sure what he 
I know he, he can, may not be he, a doctor. No, he's definitely a doctor. <laughs> I went to the graduation, and he, he does have a fancy uh, nameplate. But I want to say internal medicine. I could be wrong. Okay. You and your brother get along? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he's up in downtown, and we get along just fine. Never heard, really had any problems. Is he a funny guy? Like a funny doctor? Maybe a pet chat? Um, he, he definitely has a sense of humor. He doesn't think he could ever do improv. I think an Ellis Brothers set would be hilarious because <laughs> we basically had the same mannerisms. Yeah. Um, we used to work together at a pretzel place called Annie Ann's. Oh, and I, th- I think I've heard of that. Yes, they're delicious. Yeah, I know the secret. I think I think there's one of them in Philly somewhere. Uh, yeah, there's a few. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just pretzels dipped in butter. <laughs> you say it like a pretzel place called Auntie Anne's. Auntie Anne's. Out of you Emmaus. may have heard of it. I was employee of the month in '98, so add that to the resume. But we have the same mannerism, so we sound the same, and we do the ah, okay. that too. Uh, I'm gonna apologize. Yeah. To the listeners, I apologize. I don't know if you listened to the last podcast, but there was a lot of apologies going around. I'm going to apologize this time because I'm quite hungover, and uh, I'm chomping on a roll. Yeah, a bread roll. Well, last last one I heard was uh, Brendan Kennedy's. It was good. Yeah, I did. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, so if you hear me chewing, audience listeners, uh, that's what I'm chewing on. Maybe even some crackers. I basically have a prisoner's last meal sitting in front of me. I have bread and water. All uh, right. So, yeah. Uh, so he's, he's, he's yeah funny people. Yeah, um, fam, my, my dad and mom are very funny. They're very humorous. They're awesome. They're who's like, the funniest? Um, mom's funny. Dad's kind of the absurd, ridiculous. Dad can't tell a joke to save his life. Uh, but <laughs> so he, he never gets in that situation. Yeah, yeah. But he but he says he he says funny things and appreciates great humor. Okay. And the mom is the witty one. I get yeah. most of my wit from mom. Okay. Ma Ellis. Ma Ellis. Mama Ellis. Okay. Uh, now, how did you start getting involved in, in comedy? Um, well, I, w- I uh, did theater in high school, and which was kind of a big step for me. And bloom, I, I bloomed. <laughs> yeah, you didn't even like reading in front no, of No, no. I, I, the first play I was in was in M.A.S.H. And I wanted to do the role of the doctor who had three lines. And then this... M.A.S.H. like the... Yeah, so it was originally a play. No shit. Yeah. Educating me. I am. And I wanted to do the guy with three lines, and I got ended up casting as like the second biggest part. It was pretty funny. Okay. And then I've always watched uh, Who's Lines Anyways yeah. on E! Old Comedy Central back mm-hmm. in the day. Yep. So I went to Edinburgh University of Pennsylvania, up in the tundra of northwest Pennsylvania, <laughs> Stowe's from October to May, and um, within the first few weeks... In my freshman year, I had hooked up with the theater department, because educators are kind of stiff, mm-hmm. and um, I heard about this improv audition, and um, at the time, I had absolutely no formal training other than watching Who's Lazy Anyways sort of thing. Like, I wasn't even aware that improv happened outside of TV mm-hmm. and whatnot. So I went, um, and I auditioned. And um, I was the only freshman cast, and uh, we did a semester of shows, and then we tried to do another show the next semester, kind of fell apart, guy in charge, uh, good good dude by uh, Rob Connick, um, you know, he was moving on to, you know, graduate, and so that kind of was dormant for a few years, and then the last two years of my college career, I was kind of exiled from the theater community. Mm. Ah, but 
but play, long story, but maybe plenty of time to tell it. Uh, you, you, you have time. Uh, well, I kind of, back in the early aughts, um, the theater department was much like professional wrestling, where there were like factions of yeah, people sure. just didn't get along. Yeah. And I hooked my wagon up to a group of people that I enjoyed hanging out with, but I was the youngest member, so when they left, I was still there, and mm. they remembered, oh, you were kind of a dick. I'm like, yeah, I kind of was. So I wasn't casting anything, mm. and then I went like, "Well, I'll just do do some improv again." And so the last two years there, I put the group back together with new people called Deviant Behavior, okay. and then each each semester was Deviant Behavior two, two point five, three, three point five, whatnot. And I just hosted. I only hosted. I only performed once a year on my birthday. I just hosted, <laughs> and we were we were, we, were, we which at the which at the time like, like surely a host can't can't perform that's the way it is on tv <laughs> and then our rehearsals looking back are just so amateur our rehearsals we re- rehearsed twice a week once i think i want to say like sundays and tuesdays our shows were thursdays and it was an hour mm-hmm. and we would sit down and we would do games and if they're funny moving on no drills no talking just we're going to do this game we're going to yeah. do that game i saw this game on tv let's try it hmm. And then we have shows on Thursdays. And they were actually very well attended. We had like 50, 80 people yeah. every week. It was free, so that helped. Yeah. Um, and then we were in a, the Eerie Times, which was a big deal because it was uh, like the first time in a few years the Eerie Times had covered anything positive about the university's theater <laughs> department. And uh, yeah, we, we had, we had um, it, was, it was a lot of fun. We had a back, we had the back row. We, we did the show in a lecture hall. And there was a back row of people who came to every single show for four semesters. Yeah. It was my theater professor, a guy we affectionately called Boss, and five of my friends. And they would just sit back there, and he, the, my, my theater professor would whisper uh, really terrible things and suggestions to give out to other people <laughs> to yell down there. And, uh, yeah, we, I would make little reserve signs for the back row. And so the common the common pet shop came up a lot for some reason. Yeah, pet shop, just eh, it's like same pet shop. <laughs> that was deviant behavior. Okay, uh, and that was just in, college. That was interesting. Yeah, college. that's from ninety nine was the first deviant behavior, and then the last two years was like two thousand three and two thousand four. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go back a little bit. Sure. Uh, so you watch a lot of Who's Line, which I did. Yeah. Too. Because uh, Comedy Central would play it over and over and over, over again, and yeah. over and over, because uh, they didn't have any programming, so it was basically E News, yeah, and uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway, and then and then like, some British sitcoms, and then some like comedy stand-up comedies, yeah, 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 but not like all of them, no. just like five-minute bits of yep. the same subjects they would squish together. Yeah. Uh, what the hell was that? I don't know. Uh, Comic remix, something like something that. something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it was pretty funny because as a stand-up, I don't know that I'd want to be lumped into that because you see how unoriginal a lot of the yeah the, yeah. the bits are. Uh, but what are what are some influences that you had growing up other um, than Who's Line? I was a big fan of um, like Zucker the Zucker Brother movies, sure, like Naked Gun. Yeah, uh, they kind of got weird lately, but like Naked Gun. Um, if you ever have a chance to get your hands on a copy of Kentucky Fried Movie, I. Have had my hands on a copy. I it, haven't watched it. It is ridiculous. Yeah. Borderline racist, but ridiculous. <laughs> Borderline. Yeah, it's like, ooh, 70s, all right. <laughs> and lots of nudity. Um, yeah. 
I like those. And I, I was a big fan of Ernest. Ernest oh, me P. too. Laurel? Yeah. Okay, yeah. See? You know what I mean? Bird? Underrated. Yeah. Underrated. Fantastic. And yeah. uh, Gallagher. You okay. lost me on Gallagher. Yeah. Have you ever seen... <laughs> uh, now, have you ever seen a full Gallagher special? Probably on Comedy Central years ago. Yeah, well, probably not, because they, they do a lot of heavy editing. If you, if you take out the end where he's smashing fruit, which to an eight-year-old is hilarious. Sledge-O-Matic. Yeah, the Sledge-O-Matic, Fly-By-Night Industries. Um, if you watch, the it's really good bits in there. And but I don't know, oh, Gallagher, like, well, I'll look. It's not Carrot Top. Come on now. If you watch the actual bits he does, they are pretty funny. I actually went to a show of his... My mom, also Ma Ellis, took me for like my tenth birthday to see Gallagher in King of Prussia. Wow. Yeah, you were you were a big Gallagher fan. Uh, I haven't seen him forever, but yeah, it's really good. <laughs> okay, I'm also a big Hudson Hawk fan. Hudson Hawk, oh, uh, it's a Bruce Willis, Willis movie. Yeah. yeah, it's okay. underrated. Yeah, uh, Ernest is definitely underrated. Yeah, I think. Uh, Jim Varney. I, I love Ernest. Uh, Ernest goes to camp. Ernest saves Ernest Christmas. Saves Christmas, and Ernest saves Christmas was great. Ernest yeah. goes to jail. Yeah, uh, I used to, I used to make a joke uh, when I was doing stand up. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly how I phrased it, but that the Medea movies are basically the Ernest movies because okay. <laughs> I well, said I, if, no, if I can... Medea ever gets scared stupid or uh, saves Christmas, then we've, uh, we've well, we've got I consider the Harold and Kumar now the Ernest P. Worrell of this generation because Harold Kumar go to White Castle, yeah. Harold Kumar go to like what Guantanamo, Guantanamo Bay, yeah. and what did they release recently? Christmas one. Yeah. So if they do Halloween and another one, yeah. and I went to Africa. I think Ernest went to Africa. At some he point. did. Yeah. I didn't see that one. And he he go he went to uh, he went to Africa. He got scared stupid. He went to jail. Yeah. He went to camp. Yeah. Uh, he did something about with basketball too. Really? Yeah. There was a bunch. I didn't see his later work, apparently. <laughs> I'm only classic. Yeah. And then, of course, he was the the voice of the dog in the, the Toy Story movie. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I'm also was a big fan of uh, Mel Brooks. Yeah. Love Mel Brooks movies. Yeah, yeah. And then Old Groucho Marx. Mm-hmm. And um, lately on Pandora, I listened to uh, uh, Daniel Tosh. Okay. He's horrible, horrible things. Yeah. I, I've never... I, I haven't seen him do stand up in a long time, but yeah. even on his show, I'm surprised that the stuff they get away yeah, with. Yeah, I was like, really? On, right. on that show. It's pretty great, though. Uh, and then listen to, like, Patton Oswalt sometimes, Mitch Hedgeberg. Okay. Late, great Mitch Hedgeberg. Yeah. And this new guy, like, uh, John Mulaney, I've been listening to lately. He's really okay. funny. Mm-hmm. So, I, I my comic influence is mainly movies, and then I read a lot of history. So, I like making lots of historical references. Yeah. And then occasionally having to explain them. I love history. Well, good. That's why. Was, you, yeah. So if you make any, hopefully I'll yeah, get Yeah, enjoy most of my shows then. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. So after college. Yes. After you've been doing a couple shows and dealing with the factions of the. Yeah, it kind of died down the last year. Wasn't, okay. Wasn't as fun as it used to be. <laughs> uh, so once you're out of college, what do you do? Well, I'm. Like I said, I'm a teacher, so I'm right. an elementary ed um, guy. Uh, came back here and um, taught substitute for like six months. And then uh, I went to visit a friend in Arizona and saw this group called Jesters, with a Z. And, of course. And uh, if, well, if you're ever in Phoenix, you should really check these guys out. They have a, just a wonderfully slick operation there. 
They operate out of a strip mall. They rent, they bought out this, like, lease this place in the theaters in the strip mall. And they do, like, two shows Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Amazing. So, I saw the show, and I'm like, ah, I should get back into improv. I should, I really enjoyed it. Like, at the time, no idea about anything. So, I, Christmas of, I guess it was 2004, Christmas season, I put out a random, literally, Craigslist message. And, uh... Rick Horner saved a copy. I don't know where it went, but because um, he saw it on there, and said everything but a host, and basically said I hosted improv in college. I don't have any friends. I don't have any money. I don't have any resources. I don't have a place. But I like to make people laugh. If you like to make people laugh, you should email me. And wouldn't you know it? Who emails me? Matt Holmes emails me saying, oh, hi, um, <laughs> yes, um, you mean, right, you like improv? All right, that's great. You should, uh, meet these people. Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So, I go to a Rare Bird show on, I guess, Lancaster Avenue, where they were doing a show with Elastic, an uh, old yeah. Rick Horner yeah, outfit. I, we, we talked about Elastic, uh, and Kristen's. Yeah. Time. And I met them, and I met Greg Ma and Jess Snow for the first time. Okay. And uh, we tried to do something, get together something, and put something together, but you know, it didn't seem like any of us really knew what we were doing and whatnot, and didn't have resources or time, right. and so we kind of just kind of plugged along. We met like once or twice a month, mm-hmm. and then in February, uh, Matt Holmes forwarded me a Craigslist posting for this thing called the Fifty N Crowd. Oh, that there was this audition in February in Old City, and um, I don't know why I like that. So I went down there, and Jess came down there, too, and we auditioned, and this guy named Ray King Reese formed the end crowd and thought I was hilarious and mm-hmm. casted me and Jess Snow and all these other people, and by April 2005, I was doing end crowd shows awesome. in uh, Yield 213 New Street, which was a formerly a garage... That was confirmed to a martial arts studio that the guy rented out to a vagabond improv troupe called the Underground. Okay. Um, going back a, a yes. second. Uh, when I talked to different people, because I wasn't around, even yeah. though I was, I, I'm from Philly, I was in Chicago from 2005 to 2009, mm-hmm. so I missed a lot of the, the, mm-hmm. the very earlier, I say it was a few years ago, but it, I mean, it kind of is the earlier days. Well, yeah, of, today compared to then is like day and night. Yeah. Uh, but when I talked to different people about, excuse me, those, those days, Matt Holmes comes up a lot and it's always in some sort of facilitator capacity Yeah, uh, where he's just kind of almost like the Professor X yeah. uh, kind of pulling people yeah. to, together and assembling teams and, he, and just. He trolled the MySpace and the Craigslist. <laughs> yeah. Fine people, yeah. Um, yeah, at the time when we were formed, I was aware of the Rare Bird Show. Mm-hmm. I was aware of comedy sports. Sure. Uh, there was Elastic. Elastic. Um, you can't say that without sounding like Connery, I think. Yeah, Elastic. Uh, and then there was like uh, the Ninjas, the, yes. famed, the famed Ninjas. I've heard, it. I've heard about the Ninjas. Is yeah. there anything you can say about them? Um, they were the deadliest improv troupe in Philly, <laughs> from what I hear. You've never seen them? No, I saw them. Okay. Um, and uh, there was uh, 13 Skirts, and then... Who was in the Ninjas? Uh, well, uh, almost everybody. <laughs> almost everybody of the old the old, old hands of everyone. 
McFarlane at one time was there. Nelson was there. Corey Cohen was in there. I think Jess Snow was there for like five days. Five days? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Good. it was Good almost story. a rite of passage for some people to do a ninja show and okay. then move on. And then the, the guy in charge of it was uh, Tony Long Long Name. Tony Long Tony Long Long? Long 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 last name. Hey, yeah. Tony Long Long. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and they're not around anymore. Nope. Okay. All right. No, no. The, the uh, guy in charge of that famously told us that uh, he thought we should stop doing shows for six months and then hire him to come in to show us how to do proper improv. Wow. Yeah, so I don't know where he is. I don't think I've seen him in a show lately. Don't you long, long. Okay. So good yeah. for him, though. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Ray Reese. Yes, Ray Reese. Got you into the end crowd. Yes, he was the founder of the end crowd. He um, rented out a place. We were rehearsed twice a week. And uh, we did shows. First few months, lightly attended. Yeah. Well, the first show was, like, amazing. And it's like, oh, 150 people. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Surely this will be every week like this. <laughs> yeah. And this is, like, long before I discovered, ah, friends and family won't come every week for some reason. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah. Outside the Ellis folks, who yeah. came like every other week. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And that same group of people that were at every college show. <laughs> yeah. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> they all lived in Erie, so they couldn't quite drive down and see yeah. see us. I wish they would at some point, because, yeah. like I said, they've only ever seen me host a show, rarely perform, and now I perform and never host. Yeah. I'm a yeah. terrible host. Yeah. I, I think I am, too. Well, I mumble. And I'm a little passive-aggressive with, like, oh, that's great. Mm. So, it's best that I don't. Yeah, I, I even hosting the student shows. Mm -hmm. uh, when, like, when my class has a, has a show, i got to host the show. And I'm not good at it. it. I don't know what it is. It's an acquired skill. You have yeah. to, you really, uh, there's, a host can make or break a show. Yeah, and I've yeah. probably broken, broken a few. Yeah. <laughs> Breaking show with Mike Marbach. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I'm probably being a little harsh on myself, but uh, yeah, I, don't, I, I never really, I don't get nervous doing shows yeah. myself, performing, but I do kind of get nervous when I have to introduce one. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I don't I don't like introducing anyone either. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't get nervous for shows. I get, the most anxious I get is when, um, was when we have a sold out show. And it's like five minutes to the show time, and like eighty percent aren't here yet. Mm -hmm. So like, how long do we hold the show for? Yeah. The, the people who took the time to get here on time, yeah, I would hate to have them wait ten minutes. Yeah, so we'll go in five. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's a interesting thing. Uh, there was a topic on the Philly Comedy Network not too long ago about how long do you hold a show yeah should you hold it is the advertised start time the actual start time like it was... it's never the start time no, no it's not I mean improv shows are like improvisers uh, you might you might want to give it five to ten minutes before you have to call it yeah they're probably running five to ten minutes behind yeah uh, there's an improviser in Chicago Jet Evelett who I want to actually want to get here to do a couple workshops soon uh -huh. she uh, said to me one time that the laziest people are surfers and improvisers. Well, which... that's pretty accurate, yeah. That's pretty accurate, yeah. <laughs> which uh, I thought was pretty funny and, and pretty accurate, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
we're dealing with a lot of type A personalities here. Yeah. We're doing a lot of, well, as, you know, as someone who I man, manage, manages groups yourself, you're like, all right. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> uh but back to the uh, holding of shows. Yeah. Uh, what's the what, what? What would you say is the the latest you you go? Um. Well, like when our show starts, we have about like three or four minutes of intro. Right. I warm up the crowd and whatnot. Sure. I want. I personally want there to be game. A, the first game has to be started by eight ten, which means if someone's long winded, you get out there by eight oh five. Yeah. I mean, we'll have someone downstairs. I mean, it's not like I'm a walnut feeder. If you're 15 minutes late, we'll let you up. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, we don't have a, oh, doors are locked, sorry. You're, <laughs> you're screwed, adios. Yeah. Um, so, I don't like, I mean, if there's two people there and we're waiting for 35, then I'll probably make a few phone calls. But still, I mean, there's two people there. We should do a show. Yeah. And if those people are late, then they need to plan better. And yeah. If they want to blow off the show, then our standard ticket policy is if you miss a show, we'll just bump your tickets to a future show. Just let us know and uh, come some other time. We have a very liberal ticket policy. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it's it's never been a problem. If, it, if we come to the... I, it, I'd be great if it came to the point where people were lying about that, then we've reached that level <laughs> that people feel the need to lie about that so they can sneak in and see if a free <laughs> show. They're going to save themselves $12. Yeah. This is too much. <laughs> uh, we should t- definitely talk about pricing later. <laughs> you talk about pricing now. Yeah. Twelve dollars is a reasonable price for an hour plus show. Yeah, I I I don't like free shows. I am quite against free shows or papering the house. Uh, um, I've I've talked to a bunch of different people about it, uh, and that's that was one of the things about starting sideshow, is that I, even though it's quite cheap yeah. to rent the parlor, and I could eat that. Uh, one, I didn't want to have to lose money doing it. Yeah. Um, but I also wanted to be able to pay performers. Uh, and I also didn't. Whoa! Hung over. Sound like a car starting. Uh, I also didn't want to. I think what we do has value. Yeah. Uh, so when people are doing shows, and I think it's awesome that there that there are different shows starting up. But what does it say to the people watching that they don't even have to, we don't even have to pay to see this? Yeah. And you know, ten dollars is a really good asshole filter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I did a free show at the the uh, free library of uh, Philadelphia, Philadelphia Free Library. Mm-hmm. It was a free show, and like, oh, there's so many just jagoffs in the crowd. Like, oh my god, <laughs> if they had to pull out ten dollars, I'm pretty sure they would move on. Yeah. Uh, my my rule of thumb, my my belief is, if it's a solid show, solid show, we're not talking about you know George Clooney doing the ding game with. <laughs> Ed Rendell. Alright, so not only that, but like a solid show with like solid people. That. I would love to see that. Um, ten ten dollars an hour is I think a reasonable rate. Yeah. Now and crowd's twelve bucks because we usually go about eighty minutes or not. Mm-hmm. Um that that's that it. Five dollars it's undercharging. Uh, more than that, you know, twenty bucks is like mm, you better I better have a massage during the show. <laughs> uh, twenty dollars for an hour show, yeah. You have better be hilarious from beginning to end. Right. Uh I think twenty dollars is high for any improv show. Yeah, uh, because it, it's improv. Could it, be hit or miss. I think it, it should. I, I try to keep ticket prices closely matched. I think ticket prices should be closely matched to movie prices because yeah. it's about the same amount of time, mm-hmm. and you're getting a deal because you're not going to see this again anywhere else. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, and uh, places like Fit allow you to bring your own. 
Yeah. Bring your own beers. Yeah. Bring your own beverages. I'd love to do that. We can't really do it at the in crowd. No? Yeah, uh, well, surprisingly, surprisingly, there is, you kind of need extra insurance for that. Oh, really? I was told that, yeah. So, okay. Yeah, so we can't, we, we can't do that anymore. Okay. I don't want to feel like pain. Yeah. Like having to clean up afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, that could be a pain in the ass. Not to say people don't sneak stuff in, but officially, no. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Back to... 2005. To, yes. Back to 2005. Uh, you're, you started doing some in crowd. The, the, the shows were a little light the first few... Yeah, um, well, we started in April 2005, and we're from there 2005 to October 2005 at 213 New Street. And, okay. um, you know, it was a unair conditioned large brick box that was Sounds really great. hot. Yeah, it was really hot in the summer. And um, there was just a dance floor, so we had to build our own stage. So uh, Mike Connor and I spent one Sunday afternoon with $300 worth of wood and hammered together two foot high, like, I want to say like 16 by 8 stage that could be broken down to four pieces. Okay. We hauled it down and we had a stage and we clamped it together. But we couldn't leave the stage up, so every night we would have to mm. stack it in the corner, okay. then bring it down, put it back together. And I know that I'm, I'm old now because <laughs> thinking back, like, oh my god, I would not want to crawl under a two foot high <laughs> and clamp something together. <laughs> I, that sounds like that would really be a achy. Yeah, definitely would not want to do that. Especially after when I get done performing, I just want to be done. Yeah, I don't want to do anything. I don't even like talking to people after shows. <laughs> I literally don't. I like sometimes like oh we'll all go out to El Camino and I'll just say like listen guys, I'm just have my soda and my fries for like an hour and then I'll be chatty. So I need yeah. to decompress. Okay. So that was there. And then after that, we moved to um, the Society Hill Playhouse from October to, like, June, where we had to bump our shows to Thursdays, which, eh, not the best night no. for an improv show. Yeah. Um, and that place was kind of a pain in the ass, because um, they wanted a, a good chunk of money. Yeah. Yeah. And plus a split at the door. Mm. And then, um, like... They, they, they're like a professional theater, so, like, if you're not there by opening time, luck, mm. go away. Yeah. So, like, I don't even know how many people were turned away at the door because they were five minutes late. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it was a cool place, though. The guy who runs the Red Room downstairs, Greg, who uh, I believe is a vampire. Um, <laughs> I call him Greg the Vampire because he always wears sunglasses and has hair slicked back and whatnot. So he's and, an 80s vampire, too. Uh, he was actually in a band, too, called G-Star. I don't think they're together anymore, but uh, he would actually, he was a really awesome dude. He would bring his band in and open for the show like once or twice a month. And um, our contract there was like week to week sometimes. <laughs> so it made it really hard to advertise the show. Um, and this is like, this is like way before Facebook. So this is like, yeah. you know, newspapers needed three weeks in advance. Jesus. And um, they, we, we were like, hey, so can we come back next two, three months? Uh, we'll talk about it at the end of the month. Like, all right. Oh, oh, and we're here. All right, fantastic. So in June, June of 2006, yeah, June of 2006, uh, they say, well, we're, we're, this is like the middle of the month. They say, well, we're closing down the Red Room for in July because we're doing stuff there. Yeah. Like, all right, well, are we going, can we come back in August? Well, let's talk about it in July. Like, all right, well, I think it's time for us to move on. Yeah. 
And uh, using Kristen Shears' contacts, we went to the Actors Center. And we've been there ever since. Yeah, where you've been for years now. Yeah, literally. (laughs) Half a decade, probably. Wow. Uh, And that's her contacts because she's taught there. Yeah, she's in the Rodney's her agent. Yeah, cool. Uh, All right, so... Feel free to back up to any part of that yeah, 30-second <laughs> history of yeah. venue changes. Yeah. Uh, the the end crowd yes. just celebrated its seventh, yep. seventh year. Yep. Uh, Longer than senator terms. In that time, there's been, a, at least from what I could tell, uh, a good number of cast uh, I believe turnover. I, I, last time I looked, there were 40. Forty people throughout 40 people the seven have, years. Yeah, have worn the in-crowd badge. <laughs> uh, myself, Jess No, Mike Connor, and Brandon Libby have been there since the very beginning. Yeah. And then Ray, of course, and then Kristen and Natalie, Kristen Sheer and Natalie Sandone, joined us like six months afterwards. Yeah. So yeah, it's a lot of people. Yeah, man. We usually, I want to say, every twelve months, lose a few, add a few, lose a few, add a few. Mm-hmm. I think there was like one 18, 24 month period where we had like one cast. Oh. So. That's a good, good stretch. Uh, yeah. I mean, I have, I have mixed feelings about it. Like sometimes like, oh, I wish we had a consistent cast for like ever. And then other times like, oh, it's so great. We got new blood. Yeah. So that's both probably good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you just had a recent round of editions. Uh, uh, recent or... slash last August. <laughs> so. A few months ago. Half almost a, year, a ago. year ago. Yeah. Almost a year ago. Yeah. It's recent. Um, now, that crowd's a pretty big commitment. Yes. Uh, you, more, for, more so for you, I would think. Yes. Um, I live in Reading. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is what? How, how long is that away? Uh, like without traffic? Sure. Like an hour. With traffic. Hour to three hours. Jesus. Yeah, it depends on what idiots are on the highway. Hmm. Uh, and that's out where you teach as well? More or less, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, for, for the commitment to people that aren't you, uh, what exactly is that? Uh, well, we rehearse three, the first three Tuesdays of the month. Okay. And then we have a show every Friday at 8. Sometimes we do two shows on Fridays. And then we also get outside gigs from time okay. to time. Um, but, like, you know, we have a... I like having a large cast. So we like to rotate people in and out. You don't... I mean, you if you that. want to perform every week, then you, that's great, because you probably will, because mm-hmm. people randomly call out sometimes. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and then we put, like, six to seven people on stage at a time. So the larger cast we have, the more we rotate you out. The smaller cast we have, then tell your friends to perform every week. Mm-hmm. So I'm someone who, I, I enjoy performing every week. Like, they're just, I love doing the show. Yeah. And whatnot. Um. But I do, I do enjoy the days where I don't have a form. Yeah. Um, there, the first, like, three to four years of the end crowd, I ha- probably missed maybe two shows in a four-year span, or at least one show a year. And then, now it's, like, three shows a year. Yeah. <laughs> I've added one more day off. Yeah. Uh, so you... So it's a Tuesday rehearsal, mm-hmm. or practice. I call them practices. Uh, Tuesday practice, uh, Friday show, sometimes two shows. Yeah. Uh, and then the occasional outside, yeah, outside gig. Now, that's a, that's a good amount of time. It's a lot. Uh, of work. Like if a long form improv group mm-hmm. spent that much time in practice and doing shows, I mean, they they'd be great. 
unfortunately, that doesn't tend to happen yeah. in, in Philly. Um, but, I mean, you perform for, like, we, we usually get 30 to 45 people a week. Yeah. Just a completely different slate of people. Yeah. So, which, uh, multiply is, that by 50, you're performing for a lot of people a year. Yeah, which is something I did want to talk about. Uh, you guys do get really great crowds. So, what do you do to get really great crowds? <laughs> um, I'm in charge of marketing. So, you have yourself. Yes. Do things. I do, I do, I, I, I've acquired a certain amount of skills over the years <laughs> that make people like me a nightmare for people like you. Come to my show. Taken? If you don't come to my show, I will find you. Yeah. And I will kill you. <laughs> Good movie. Yeah. Um, I, I have a lot of... Why did Liam Neeson turn into a badass? He is Michael Collins? It would, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Bad movie? Yeah. It took a while for the transition. I mean, I can't think of a movie where he was a light, jovial character. Uh, Star Wars? <laughs> That's not quite. <laughs> yeah, it's more of like... Kwai John Jin, is that his name? Uh, Something like that. I think it's Quincy Down Under. <laughs> yeah. That's, what is that? Tom Selleck. Oh my god, yeah. And Alan Rickman in his second uh, movie. Snape. Yeah. Um, yeah, when did he... I guess maybe Michael Collins. But yeah. Um, he, he did other things... In there, yeah. but Rob Roy. Now he's he's doing like he's fighting wolves. Yeah, uh, he's he's uh, like Irish. Taken. He's like Irish Jack Bauer. He is. He is. He is Irish Jack Bauer. Um, okay, marketing. So marketing. Yeah, I do a lot. Of, I've uh, trade secrets. I do a lot. Of, I do a lot of research. Yeah, I do uh, copious amounts of research. Nothing. Nothing you can. Uh, no, not really. Really? Yeah. You, you promised groundbreaking. About me, not about my <laughs> secrets. You know how hard it is <laughs> to get 30 to 45 people a week to come to a show? It's not easy. It's mm-hmm. just being consistent and being on top of everything. And well, I think that's probably the, the biggest yeah. thing, is having a regular space oh, yeah. and a regular time Oh yeah, and having consistently fun shows. That's, mm-hmm. pro- that's probably the biggest secret that's that's 75 percent, and then letting everyone know that's what's there yeah yeah and just i mean being around for seven doing doing over 400 and 400 to 450 shows in the Mm -hmm. last seven years helps a lot too yeah yeah uh uh, history sure uh i would think i've seen some things on living social Mm -hmm. i've seen some groupons i think i'm very much plugged into the whole social media yeah and tech stuff so. which is something else we could yeah chat I mean, about I, I, we run our entire box office from an iPad or an iPhone if we needed to <laughs> yeah so it's 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 compared to where what we were doing like the first show was like cash only and then it was you need to call the Side Hill Playhouse and then it was use this Google checkout link and now it's like you can buy your tickets and print them out, and we'll can, yeah. we can scan them with the phone. Yeah. And if not, we'll just move your reservation electronically to another show. That's pretty cool. When was the last time you were here? Ah, oh, you were here then. Yeah, yeah. So it's awesome. Yeah. Check out our MySpace. <laughs> I think the, I think there you is I think there is an end crowd MySpace out there promoting our 2006 uh, <laughs> Philadelphia Improv Festival oh, performance. Poor MySpace. Ah, whatever. Didn't Timberlake buy that? I think yeah. Timberlake bought bought MySpace. I guess. Yeah, and he's. Uh, I think they kind of try to turn to music sort of. Thing. Yeah, they're big with bands. Yeah, they, I mean they they always were. I thought, um, but yeah, I think now they're just. Yeah. 
I haven't, I haven't even plugged that into my browser, into my Explorer, because I still use Internet Explorer, uh, in at least a year, I think. Wow, well, it's more than me. Yeah. I think mine is two or three. Wow. Jeez. Um, all right, so you can't really talk too much about marketing. No. As far as some things uh, that you do. Yeah. Secret, secret. Which, which I can, I can mysterious. respect. This is a mysterious aspect of your podcast now. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. BJ, you're redhead. He's nice. Wow, he won't talk about he marketing. He will not talk about... He will not talk about yeah. marketing. What is he doing? He'll talk about driving? anything, but he will not talk about I mean, marketing. He said the podcast was eight hours long. <laughs> what part did Marbach edit out? <laughs> yeah. I, I will not edit anything. You, so me. you say, but really, this is... We're in, like, hour eight. <laughs> <laughs> it's like in contact. Uh, they are. Uh, what they didn't tell you was that it recorded 11 hours of static. What? That means they know something, James Woods. <laughs> uh, okay. So, let me jump back a little bit. Sure. Ray, I learned with the uh, NCrowd, yes. uh, or with the NCrowd during Kristen's podcast, that Ray kind of um, uh, stepped away. Yeah, he... He's the founder of the end crowd and the part of it, but he is not, I would say, an active participant right. in our last several years okay. of operations. Uh, so, who did you kind of take over his role? Um, I guess. I mean, I'm I'm currently the executive director. Okay, and it's more, I guess, every more like a prime minister sort of deal. <laughs> if you're familiar with prime minister and parliamentary government, quite, quite familiar. Uh, but just in case you're not, a prime minister serves until, not a set term, but until people get tired of having a person in charge. Right. So um, everyone is you know equal in the group, but I'm the prime minister of the group where I try to delegate responsibilities, keep mm-hmm. track of things. Like I'm the person who, who manages all of our bills and taxes and bookies and bookings and stuff like that. So I keep the wheels greased and running. And um, that's my main responsibility. Yeah. And then Kristen's responsible for all the artistic stuff. And then we have Ben Schindler in Vegas, Lancaster, our production managers, so they make sure everything's put together for shows. And then Jess Snow is in charge of PR type stuff. Okay. Press releases, whatnot. Cool. So I used to do all of that, so it's really nice to have minus the artistic stuff because yeah. I'm a ter- I, I would be a terrible artistic director yeah why do you say that because uh, I like criticizing my friends <laughs> I have a hard time saying oh that stunk or I'm also very easily entertained like oh that was good that could be better but um yeah we'll just do it <laughs> so yeah terrible so okay. yeah alright uh, plus I have no formal training either Guess we can talk about that. It's yeah, a very we, we, we were we would yeah. yeah. It's a very short topic. Okay. I've taken five workshops. The end. Who were the workshops with? Um, uh, I think I did one with Zach Ward. Okay. And then Joe Bill. Sure. And then two other people. These are like at festivals. Okay. And um, I got really tired of them quickly because it'd be it'd be like. Like, oh, it's me. Oh, it's Mike Marbuck. Oh, Nathan Edmondson. All these great people. Oh, two ladies from Bucks County Community College Theater for people over 80 asking questions every five minutes about where to stand and asking people to explain things again. Ah, three hours later, we've done one scene. Yeah. Hooray. Yeah. So, yeah. They can be like that. Uh, It sounds like you've had some 
not so great experiences. Yeah, so I just rather just have Kristen and just know tell me what I'm doing wrong, and then I move on from there. This is a cool mint listerine breath Ooh, strip. I'll if take you'd one. care for one, sure. So, but I think if you're getting started with improv, that those sort of workshops and classes are good for you. Mm-hmm. I just kind of feel I'm at the point where I don't know how beneficial the bang for my buck would be. I'd much rather just like pay someone the same amount of money to come in and watch several end crowd shows and put together a report of like this is what needs to change. <laughs> a diagnostic. Yeah, uh, this is the dossier on the last few shows. Like, ah, oh, money well spent. Yeah. Plus, I live in Reading, so like I said, it's kind of a pain in the ass to haul my ass down here. Yeah. Now, would you say that that's just your perspective, or do you kind of think that that's a general um, I don't feeling know. I, that you put on others? Do I put on? Well, you... I don't. I don't mean that's a, that's a weird way to say that. Um, but do you think that's a, a your general philosophy, and other people? Um, I mean, there's, lot, there's a lot to be said about just going out and learning from your mistakes. Yeah. And at the same time, you're also hurting everyone by doing terrible improv. <laughs> so I was lucky enough to be a part where in crowd improv was probably back in the day, ooh, but there wasn't really much out there. So, yeah. you know, by comparison, there wasn't much to compare it to. It's like, oh, all right, good enough. Yeah. So I don't know. It's hard for me. If someone asked me, I want to get imp- improv, what should I do? I would say, well, you should probably take some classes at the very least just to meet some people. And whatnot, and just get your your on track to do that. Yeah. But I'm also not one. I'm not. I, I'm not the person that's going to spend an X amount of money to go out to Chicago to do a three week intensive. Yeah. Why not? I just one don't have the time or money to do it, and two, I I would much rather just improve the product that I'm in charge of. Right. The end crowd. I mean, if that's improving, I'm improving. Okay. So. If there was a, like I said, I would rather just use that money to bring someone in to see what's going on with the end crowd and make that show better because that's what I put all my energy right. into. Yeah. Um, but some people like to make themselves better because they do 10 to 30 projects a week. So. Yeah. It's a little too much. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't, I, it's another thing. Uh, well, I mean, I'm not going to get into the differences between Chicago and, and Philly or different scenes or anything. Um, but people in Philly tend to get involved in too many projects. I think, yeah. And the funny thing is, there's not really that many projects, so it's so much... How did you find this? Incestual... <laughs> yeah. It, it is it's this incestual sort of relationships between smaller groups. It, it's it, it's kind of weird. Um, but Yeah, but, I pretty much only do improv stuff. And I, I kind of wish more improvisers would come and see the improv. Yeah, I don't think I've seen five, five or so shows. Five entire shows or five shows where you? I I know I've seen probably three or four entire shows. Okay, Uh, and then there was one, maybe two, where I kind of popped in. Yeah, and I I just, I I sometimes get a little poo poo on that. We're like, because I like I I I see three or four non shows a year. Not shows. I mean, not in crowd shows here. Like, well, like, I, here's my ten dollars. I will see you for an hour and watch improv. And it's just a, just a habit of like, I don't have a lot of money to spend on other right. shows, and yeah. I live an hour away, and you know, I like to spend time with my girlfriend. And yeah. um, 
So I, I don't get to see as much as I would like to. Why do you think, uh, I'm going to go over and close this window. Sure. Um, why do you think that that is the case? That's a good question. I would love to know. Um, I have been given the impression by other uh, pillars or other people in the improv community that, A, that because I don't see enough shows, they don't come out and see my show, mm. which I think is kind of stupid. Um Especially if I have seen your show. <laughs> if I have seen your show, that's kind of stupid. But if I haven't seen your show, then obviously that, that's fine. Yeah. Or there is a just subconscious sort of like, oh, short form, that's cute. Which I can tell you, if you have that opinion about short form, I have no respect for you. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can, you, you can just piss off. Yeah. Because I know there are some improv gurus out there that go, oh, short form, well, if you're a child... Like and who are you? What's your? Who are you again? Because I don't give a shit yeah. about you. No, I mean that I can't stand that opinion is stupid. It's stupid. People it's have, the wrong opinion. To people have. have that stupid. They they they're they're bigots. Yeah, they're improv bigots. Yeah, I don't do short form. Uh, I always have this joke with Kristen too. Like I, I just don't. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't get it. Um, but I do get it. I just I fear having to be having to do it mm-hmm. um, I keep toying with the idea of taking a comedy sports class um, or going through the program here uh, just to kind of force myself to yeah. to do it because I mean again I, I don't want this to turn into uh, the differences between short form and long form or anything because um, uh, that's been heavily debated I have the perfect analogy too many many, many people have debated that What's here's, your... here's an analogy uh, short form and long form is like baseball and cricket okay um, almost everybody on America understands baseball. Yeah, baseball. I've seen that. Yeah, ball, bases, da 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 da. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, blues lines anyways. Yeah, I've seen that. Long form is like cricket. Like, ah, I've heard of it. And I know it uses some of the similar things, but I couldn't explain how it works for the life of me. Please sit me down and explain this to me. Yeah. And like, I don't know how cricket works, but I bet I would enjoy it if someone explained to me how it worked. Yeah. And also, short form's a little bit easier to market. Yeah, because, well, because it's been on television. Yeah, it's it's there's more of a knowledge knowledge about it. Yeah, um, but no, yeah, I, I can't stand people. This is just people. I mean, like, come come see an in crowd show first because I kind of feel like those people have seen horrible short form, and there's lots of horrible short form out sure. there. There's lots of hey, I've seen who's mine. Let's make a joke and use the word chuckle in our name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with the uh, Who's Line was one of my big inspirations. That's that was the only experience I had with improv yeah. up until 2005, because I'd watched the English version, like I said, yeah. uh, Clyde Anderson, Clyde, yeah, um, played over and over and over. Yeah. Um, and then Drew Carey brought it back. Um, and then there was also the terrible uh, green screen, Wild and Out. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was oh. so bad. <laughs> so Nick bad. Cannon's Wild and Out. Um, but. Yeah, so I, I've loved short form for a very long yeah. time, uh, and you're right; they do use a lot of the same things. And there's so each thing has something to be gained by. Like any improviser should do both. Yeah, I do both because you can get you can strengthen your skills in either one by doing the other. Yeah, it doesn't not, make sense. They're not. I, I consider myself a short form specialist, so yeah. to speak. <laughs> I like to use the word specialist over the years. Over the years, so certain so, skills. So, yes. Um, but I do long form from time to time, and I have, I have fun doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. So I, I I I hope 
I hope that the reason why people don't come to see an crowd show in the community is because we're there every week and they just don't think about it, or Friday is when they're doing some show somewhere else and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so I hope that's right. But I, I really hope they, they should. And there's I, so many cheap ways to see our show. Like, you could, if you have a smartphone and use this thing we use called Level Up, you can literally yeah. see our show for two bucks wow. if you join it the first time you're there. So, I don't know. It's... Um, I think the consistency of the end crowd probably plays a little bit of a part because I know me sometimes I'm like I'm gonna go to an end crowd show and I'll go next week yeah yeah that too <laughs> so I hope those are the two reasons but um after seven years probably should drop by more than once a decade yeah yeah uh well hopefully this will get people uh, oh I to think do. so I think they'll either be there or they'll be protesting <laughs> my 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 very radical remarks regarding cricket <laughs> and long form. Yeah, I mean, short form, long form, it's all improv. Yeah, it's enjoyable. And I think just long form, you have to explain to people. Yeah, like we've had long form groups come and that's, open that's up the show. Next, yeah, and some do a great job, and some have bombed. Like yeah. and then they're funny groups too. Like yeah. I've seen them, and they're funny. But like our crowd, our demographic is not the demographic that goes to fit. Yeah. Okay. This is they, mm-hmm. they might eventually evolve where they're appreciating more art, but these are people who have ah who's line. I saw the word who's line in a review. Yeah. I'll go. Yeah. And you know we've we've tried really hard to there's more Christmas area, but like introduce the um, group in a way in more of the crowd to like listen. What you're going to see here is nothing you've seen before, and you will be. <laughs> You may be confused. This yeah. is like a London broil. It's going to take a little while. Mm. Where the end crowd is like, boom, it's like a machine gun. Yeah. With uh, hopefully no duds. Asteroid uh, did that with the uh, end crowd a couple months ago. Yeah. They did well. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it also helps if like long form groups have short form members in it. Yeah. That, that with mm-hmm. experience and whatnot. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Jess Ross. Uh, does uh, yeah. Brent I, I believe has done some stuff in college uh, and then occasionally in practice I, I use it mm-hmm. uh, I use short form as exercises yeah. a lot of times too um, uh, and just kind of break things up a little bit as a matter of fact maybe we'll do that next week um, but yeah so you do that on the the, the double header yeah we're, we're kind of toying with our schedule now so yeah. um, we'll see what happens but I, I know I love having guests do you seek out the, the them or is this uh, is this long form group saying hey can we play um we like to put people up there that we know so um I'm I'm the guy that gets the phone calls every week from people like customer service and like oh I like I would like to reserve tickets or it's Matt Holmes yeah or like or uh, I oh, yeah this could be like a ten minute section I get the most ridiculous phone calls like like I just got a phone call from someone it's like oh hi is this the end crowd yes how can I help you. Oh, just wondering what you have going on there Wednesday. Uh, well, I got to choose on Fridays. Oh, so are there any drink specials on Thursdays? <laughs> no, there's only a Black Box Theater, as stated on our website, that we have a show on Friday at 8 p.m. So, is there any big names coming? I'm like, all right, no, 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 yes. Bill Cosby and Mel Brooks will be doing comedy. So, come. I bet see that. Yes. Okay. Uh, all right. So we did the double headers. 
Let's go back into the end crowd vault. Vault, okay. Uh, Deep underneath Independence Hall. Sure. Uh, that I don't get. That's uh, how I sign my emails. What is it? On my iPad. It says, sent from BJ's iPad from the end crowd bunker. <laughs> Deep underneath Independence Hall. Independent. Oh, Independence Hall. Yeah. Uh, I, thought you had, I thought you said Independent Saul. Uh, there, we do have one down there. You have an it's a robot. <laughs> it's an Android. Independent Saul. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, is there anything that's happened... Oh, I mean, you've been doing it for seven years. Yes. Uh, is there anything that stands out as amazing shows or uh, can you talk about maybe one of the worst shows you feel that oh. you've ever had? Worst show we ever did was at, was an outside gig um, for a school and they were having a silent auction and we were the entertainment um, after the people put in their bids and whatnot. We were the entertainment um, after. And this is kind of like a lesson in like how much you need to talk to a venue about what exactly is going on. Because yeah. at the time, all the other previous gigs are like, okay, we'll come in and do a show, and they have it set up for us. And so after they get done, they say, okay, we're going to bring up the end crowd to do some improv comedy. So we're in the corner of a room, all, all same level with everyone else. There's no chairs because everyone's standing and milling around. They give us one microphone for three people. And the front row of people are watching us, and everyone else is having a conversation behind them. Nice. Yes. So we had to stop the show and just move to a classroom where we just, uh, not bitterly did the rest of the set, mm. but like, all right, and we're done. <laughs> Thank you for the $200. Yeah. Uh, and then the best show, wow, we've had so many, like, awesome shows. My favorite shows of the year are, um, we go to Pottstown where I grew up once a year and perform at the Tri-County Performing Arts Center. Mm. Beautiful, multi-million dollar theater. We perform this big 200-seat black box theater. And um, we do we do the Pottstown show. And um, I'm from Pottstown, and a good chunk of people there are people who know me or right. know of me. And so uh, that's a show where every year for like the last three years, I've broken out my John Potts impression. John Potts, the founder of Pottstown, who, in fifth grade, I had to do a report on the history of Pottstown and talk about John Potts, as did everyone else who has ever lived in Pottstown and went through the education system there, had to learn about John Potts. The rest of the young crowd has no idea what I'm talking about. So I um, usually make reference to the Potts Grove Foundry, mm-hmm. but I usually end up talking about John Potts' Fight Club. You know, just because John Potts, I'm sure he had a fight club sure. where the first rule of John Potts' fight club is you give thanks to God. <laughs> and you don't talk about John Potts' fight club. And it's funny, this year, substituting in the area, apparently there were a good chunk of fifth graders who saw that show. And so when I'm just walking through the school, they'll see me like, hey, Mr. Ellis, I'm John Potts. <laughs> and I go, glad you enjoyed the show, sir. Fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, so those those are my favorite shows. I like going up to Pottstown because it's usually just awesome. There's outside gigs are always strangely awesome. Yeah, like there's a nervous energy of having to do really good because we're usually getting more money than usual. Yeah, I was gonna say that outside gigs tend to pay pretty well. Yeah, yeah, for the most part. Well, also you're getting an entirely a new audience yeah. that, even though we have a different audience every week, like just outside gigs, you gig a completely. Just from a different pool of people, mm-hmm. they're just there, 
and they usually want to be there, and yeah. they're not doing here like, oh, I'll check this out. Like, ah, I've I've made plans to go to this special event for one night only, and I'm here to be entertained. Yeah, and I'm unlikely to say proctologist. <laughs> uh, we talked about free shows a little bit, uh, and what you just said kind of reminds me of one of the benefits, uh, and that's the growing of the audience uh, eh. a bit. Uh, that's the only benefit I see. Is that it, you may get people who have not seen it before, mm -hmm. and then maybe go to uh, some other sh show that pays. I that pays I, I think a very if if let's say you have a hundred people come to a free show, I would say five of them will probably go on to see something else related to that. Yeah, I have very little faith in handing out free stuff. I would I would yeah. much rather. I would uh, I would much rather perform a show a six a, I would perform a ninety minute show for five people who paid to be there, other than a ninety minute show for a hundred people who just we just pulled off the street. Yeah, I would I just like for one try it so you just try it and see how well they go. Yeah, you won't get a whole, like a whole laughter or whatnot from five people that won't mm -hmm. fill up a room, but they're gonna appreciate it and you're gonna enjoy yourself doing them. Mm -hmm. Iron people, you you there's a free show. You're you better just be handing out beer and food because if you lose their attention, they will be having conversations. Yep. Because what's the worst you can do? Kick them out of something they didn't pay for. Right. And yeah. yeah. No, I I uh, I agree a hundred percent. Grow sh grow shows by being good. Yeah. Yeah. Be and good. being consistent. Be, consistent. Be, be in there. Quality yeah. and. Uh, how often? And have 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 some money to be okay to have a bunch of shows where no one shows up. That will happen. Yeah. And just like, well, see you next week. Yeah. I mean, it's like if you if you're good at something, don't do it for free. Oh, what's up, Joker? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. If you're good at something, don't something do it for free. Yeah. I'm 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 not not crazy. I love how he, yeah. I, I, that's my favorite part of that particular scene where he goes no I'm not I'm, I'm not, not crazy um, I gotta watch that I haven't seen that in a while uh, have you seen the trailer for the yeah it looks awesome god does it look good did you see Avengers yet yep awesome oh my god it was so good Josh Whedon yeah and I, I had a Josh Whedon weekend oh I had I a read that Whedon Eck and week, week, watch Firefly uh, no I didn't I've seen Firefly yeah. but well, I'm a big Nathan Fillion fan uh, you are a big castle fan. I'm a huge castle fan. <laughs> I love castles. So good. Oh, on the Twitter, I, I see all the time you're, you're tweeting at him. Yeah. Uh, is he tweeting at somebody? Yeah, he's just feeling. He has a tweet. Yeah, he never wrote me back yet. Oh, but one of these days. One of these days. Jimmy Rollins tweets me back from time to time. Who? Jimmy Rollins. Oh, Jimmy Rollins. Yeah, okay. he's a prolific tweeter. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's he's on my he's yeah. on my thing. Um, and John Belaris. Um, talk about the. Good shows, bad shows. Uh -huh. uh, is there anything else with the the end crowd uh, that maybe people don't know, um, like marketing? <laughs> <laughs> um, that we do. I mean, it's we do put a lot of work into the product. I mean, we yeah. do rehearse like one to two hours a week. Mm -hmm. We used to rehearse every single week. We kind of dialed it back a little bit. Yeah. Um, but and then we we're we're always there every Friday, rain or shine. Actually, one of the one of one of the most fun shows we ever did was that uh, big blizzard like two years ago. Big February, big February blizzard. It was a double header night, mm. and it was a night we we're going to be debuting uh, 
uh, four new performers. Uh, the Buckleys moved, have now moved to Oklahoma, but also uh, Jess Ross and Vegas Lancaster. And um, like, big blizzard coming, big blizzard coming. Yeah. And the schools up where I lived let out early, like at 12. So I drove down here, like, like, because it's already started to snow. Mm. So I drove down here, and um, uh, we are, according to our reservations, we had like 30 people come to the first show, none to the second. Mm. And by 7 o'clock, it's snowing. Yeah. And um, I'm like, ooh, we can't cancel. I'm sure we can't. Like, oh, let's not cancel the show. Let's see who comes to the first show. Just take it from there. First show, all 30 people showed up. And then by the time the first show started, there was like, I don't know, two, three inches of snow on the ground. By the time it was done, four, six inches of snow on the ground. Yeah. We still had no people for the 10 p.m. show. Mm. So we said, um, hey, listen. We're here to do a 10 p.m. show. Um, don't make tickets sold. Don't have two new people to perform. If anyone wants to stick around and see a free 10 p.m. show during the great blizzard of 2000-whatever, um, you should stay. And so about 20 people stuck around and saw another show. That, that's the only time where I will do a free show <laughs> is during a blizzard or other natural disaster of which the people have already paid to see the first show. Yeah. Um, and they stuck around, and we did a great show, and then we left, and it was, like, really, like, this is, like, the height of the blizzard, like, Ugh! now we're stuck here. Yeah. So we dug out my old Buick Sentry, the beast, hmm. and uh, we, we, we slowly drove uh, down to El Camino, and we sat there and watched it snow for another two hours. Just eating, you yeah. know, doing tequila and eating burgers. And then it's still snowing, so everyone went home. And I took Kristen, for some reason, across the city back to her house. Stupid. <laughs> and then drove back to Matt Nelson since that. And then we all woke up. Still snowing. So we all trudged down to Johnny Brenda's mm. and had brunch there. And eventually the snow stopped. And uh, around, I don't know, it was like 5 p.m. by the time we I was finally, the roads were cleared to drive home. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was the big Blizzard show was probably a really awesome show. Not sure what the quality of the comedy was, but yeah. just, uh, just doing the a show during a Blizzard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I also performed that night. What? Uh, this was at the Philly Improv Theater. Uh, I do a duo called Tin Sandwich, okay. which um, actually, this right here. Is a tin sandwich. Ah, it's a harmonica for yes. those who are not watching the live <laughs> yeah, webcam so version uh, of this podcast. And it's a musical improv duo. Okay. Not like a suggestical where it's a musical. This is more like a... Bluesy. It, it's blues inspired. Yeah. Uh, and it's more like scene, song, scene, song. It okay. could be... Yeah, it's not like a connected sort of thing. Uh, sometimes things come back. Um, but we did that in Chicago for, for years. Uh, but he was visiting, mm-hmm. so we, we had the show lined up that night, and very poorly attended. Yeah, due to the due to the blizzard. blizzard. Yeah, um, and then the next night's show was canceled. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was quite the weekend, and then we had another blizzard like a week yeah. later. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was like sixty inches of snow in yeah. two weeks. Yeah, I think. That. I wonder. I wonder if that. I think that was that when we moved to when I moved to the Reading area. We like were like straddling the two blizzards, which was pretty intense because of a big moving van. It's crazy. Uh, uh, what's that? Oh, we should talk about Hans Gruber at some point too. Yeah, that mess. Yeah, hot, hot mess. That hot mess. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. What do you got? 
Uh, well, Hans Gruber. Well, this was Hans Gruber was inspired um, from like when I've done Troika. I always come up with very strange names for Troika. Like um, one Troika group was called Basil Padoris. Which, in case you don't know who Basil Padoris is... I don't know, but it sounds like a Harry Potter story. No, Basil Padoris. Basil Padoris! It does. Basil Padoris was the guy who wrote the music to um, Conan the Barbarian and um, uh, a few other 80s movies. Like, these very epic Mm -hmm. whatnot. And so, I... Duo Fest was coming along, the first Duo Fest, and I wanted to do a duo. So, I uh, called up Dave Wark, who is like... Like he's from Delaware, the mm-hmm. Delaware theater sports. He's like the he's like he is almost out of Harry Potter. Big <laughs> curly hair, glasses. He talks like this. Yes, <laughs> that's my impression of him. Okay. And like, hey, we should do an improv, a two man show, and we'll call it Hans Gruber. And the the um, concept behind Hans Gruber is that um, we're super adventure versions of ourselves. So, like, I'm still BJ, he's still Dave, I still do the improv, he still does um, Delaware stuff, but mm-hmm. I also go around the world and try to get collectibles. And he <laughs> usually joins me because he's a foreign language expert. And, you know, it's it's a show that would not work well in front of, let's say, anyone. <laughs> <laughs> it only works well if the majority of the audience is our improv people. It's it's not a, it's not a really good show to show to people who've never seen improv before. Okay, because we usually talk about ourselves and make references to blocking and uh, object work. <laughs> okay, like at one point, uh, I, we were we were we were taking pants off of our interrogators, and I just rip them off, and he's he's doing <laughs> the entire miming like this is no time for object work. We need to get out of here. And so I we wear goggles too. That's the thing. If you're part of the Hans Gruber set you have to wear goggles okay just the thing and um but the thing is with with hans gruber i I consider like hans gruber like like raw improv like before it's been refined so like this is like peruvian Mm -hmm. improv before it's been made into cocaine okay so because here's the thing like there is absolutely no preparation for anything like Especially the last set. Like, the first set we did, we got together, figured out what we were going to do. The second set we did, uh, we, we've ever done, we talked for about ten minutes before the show. And then this last set, Warwick was running late. So he didn't even make the beginning of the show. And I was doing it with Rick Horner, and Rick Horner was in the really big shoe beforehand. Really big shoe. Yeah. And then was involved with it beforehand. So I didn't even talk to him other than, hey, you want to do this? Yeah, let's do it. So, like, there is no... There's nothing. There's no. Pre- there's not even a discussion about what's going on. It's here's some goggles. We're going to be doing. We're in, we're kidnapped. Feel free to play your own interrogator. Someone might crawl in halfway through the show. Yeah. So I think that's a a fun way to go about it. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, improv in general. Yeah. I mean, when you start getting too for me for me, uh, yeah. too too much. Um, and that's why I didn't want to do a, a tin sandwich. I, I just like us to, you know, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we've got, you've got a harmonica and a guitar, um, but we don't know if we're going to do a yeah, sing, find, song, whatever. I, yeah, I find, like, some groups are just so hung up on, like, like, like well, you know, this is, this is, this, we got this, we got this uh, format from Michael Juilliard, who was doing <laughs> this in Austria for three years, 
and he um, believes improv is like a heartbeat inside an android. So we are all 1920 hipster androids who have fallen through a time warp, and now we sing about it. Oh! I'd like to see that. Awesome. All right. This show will work once. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I think there is... I've always, I've always yeah. wanted to do... Whenever someone talks to me, this is like... this is a, Here's a big secret. Uh-oh. Okay? Big secret for the Uh-oh. podcast. Hear that, folks? All right? If I have ever told you about this joke, I might have been making fun of you and you weren't aware of it. Some people come up to me and, like, maybe talk shop or whatnot after improv stuff, and they'll be like... They'll do their little long explanation of their form, and I'm like bored about after about five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, that's great! Yeah, I'm trying to put together this uh, improv troupe. Uh, and if you're a bass prov, it's cabinet prov. <laughs> What's cabinet? Oh, well, we get we're all cabinets from various parts of American history because cabinets is really what ties the American family together. Because every house has cabinets, and imagine the things cabinets have seen over the years. Yeah, these cabinets could yeah. talk. Half the people are like, oh, you're so bullshitting me. Other half is like, wow, I would love to see that. Mm-hmm. Well, enjoy your mailing list. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah th- there's merit in, in forms, um, but I think it, it, it's, it's supposed a, to be improv. Yeah, it's a, it's a show about the form, or is the show right. about entertaining people yeah. and making making laugh? I think yeah, there can definitely be a balance of, yeah. of those things, but personally, I prefer to just... I will take a uh, mediocre... Montage of just people doing scenes yeah. over a um, form that's super involved and takes a lot of different mental moves and shit any day. There was a show called Harsh I saw a few times, and it was improvised tragedy. Okay, so it wasn't funny; it was a tragedy. Like at one point of the show, there was a one person on on stage rape. Where you saw someone being raped from behind. Like, they weren't the rapists. They were the rapee being raped okay. while another scene was going on. Yikes. Yeah, right? Like, like we don't believe all improv has to be funny. Most good improv <laughs> is actually funny. Yeah. And then bad improv isn't funny, even if they're trying or not. Like, yeah. that's kind of a show that, like, well, that's great for festivals. Yeah. I don't know how that would be for a monthly show. Yeah. Unless you are doing the show in a god-awful place where tragedy gets people hard. Yeah. It was intense. Yeah, it sounds like it. Nelson tried to do one of those. Yeah. It was called, um... Hell Baby? Hell Baby. Hell Baby? I don't know if I heard about I that. I don't know. You might have to edit... You might have to edit in the correct name later <laughs> with someone else's voice. I believe it was called Hell Baby's Kitchen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, form form has its has its place. Yeah, uh, and I think it's good for groups that have been around who are looking to grow and try mm-hmm. different things uh, because it, it is it, it, it's fun to fuck around with form. Yeah. But when form starts getting in the way of the show itself and the yeah. actual improv, then you've got a problem. Yeah, yeah, and some groups are like like that. Yeah, let's see. Is there anything else with uh, Hunt Gruber you want to? Um, it's 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 a twice a year thing. Just twice? Uh, well, Dave was like two hours away in oh, Delaware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he literally did not make the F. Harold set, so yeah, hard to pull that off. So, yeah. Duo Fest, F. Harold, come up. If it happens, we actually did do a, a cage match once. Um, 
but we don't have many friends, so we didn't, <laughs> we didn't win. Yeah, it does tend to be a pack the crowd with people. Oh, yeah, play. well, same thing with Troika. I, mean, I, yeah. lo- I love the concept of Troika and cage match and whatnot, but it's it's winners are not entirely based on merit. Right. Not to say not no one is a bad group, but... Right. The best, the best overall. That was the funniest thing I saw. Does not automatically mean you will win. Right. It's if you have all your friends there, mm-hmm. then you will win. Yeah. Now, end crowd again. Yes. Anything else with the the end crowd? Where uh, any situations as the executive director um, uh, that you've come up that have come up that you'd rather not have dealt with or? I just I can't mean you're. With, as with any improv group, you're dealing with a lot of strong personalities. Sure. And, I mean, there's just sometimes that people just don't get along for whatever reason, be it they don't like their opinions on something or they just get annoyed by some sort of tick that they do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's conflicts. And I never really enjoy dealing with conflicts. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I, I, I think the conflicts that come up from time to time in the end crowd make the end crowd. Like, if you are in a group... What more, doesn't kill the end crowd well, makes it strong. Well, if you're, if you're in a group that, um, for like more than nine months, that at some point someone doesn't have a problem with someone else, then it's probably... You're probably in a mediocre group. Because if everyone's agreeable, then how are you going to improve yourself? Okay. I mean... And if you won't defend what you're doing, then how are you going to have the same confidence on stage? So it's kind of a, it's a vicious circle yeah. and whatnot, but I'm, I'm okay with a little conflict in the group, as long as it's just not ridiculous. Yeah. Um, because there, there have been people in the group that aren't in, in with us anymore that I have just disliked immensely. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, shut up. No one cares what you have to say. And but that's just driven me to be like, all right, this person's so annoying. I'm gonna be way better than this person on stage, and whatnot. So it may not be the best management <laughs> skills and whatnot, but a little yeah. conflict is okay. That means your group is relatively healthy. Yeah, you know, it's I don't I don't know of any, I don't know of any good awesome group that has more than two to three people that I haven't heard, like, this person has had this per- problem with this person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's I hear a lot natural. of gossip. I love gossip. Yeah. And, yeah, like, okay, this group's really good. <laughs> Those two people don't like each other. Yeah. But they do really good on stage together. Mm-hmm. So it's just really just a matter of... If a group falls apart because two people don't like each other in the group, um, that's just a note about how professional they can be. Yeah. I mean, if you can't perform with somebody then you need to examine, like, how, what, what you're doing. Because mm-hmm. life is full of annoying people. Yeah. And, um, especially with the end crowd, the end crowd isn't, like, a hobby. It, I mean, if it's a hobby, then, you know, if you're just doing just to have fun and you don't want to deal with annoying people, hey, that's fine. Go somewhere else. You know, be around like-minded people yeah. for your hobby. That's why I call it a hobby. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're with the model airplane crew and this guy is really douchey, you go to another model airplane crew. But, you know, the end crowd isn't a hobby. It's it's something that people are paying money to see what you do. Okay? To me, that's technically somewhat professional. There's mm-hmm. a professional aspect of the industry. You know, industry is saying like it's a big multi-million. <laughs> yeah. Of the media. All right? Big improv. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so, you know, people are paying to see you 
and you're going to be working with this person, you know, just deal with it. Yeah. And just work with them. You don't mm-hmm. have to hang out with them. Mm-hmm. And you can be annoyed with them afterwards. Yeah. But you're here to make people laugh, and this is the crew you're with. Unless yeah. you're in charge, probably not. Mm-hmm. You can't throw them out, so deal with it. Yeah. If not, leave. Right. Yeah. Uh, when it stops being fun, get out. Uh, I've, I've been involved with uh, at least one group over the my mm-hmm. improv time. Um and me and the other person would have occasional issues and I always had no problem just going yeah. on on stage and the other person uh, kind of did um, so yeah it is I think it does speak to the professionalism yeah. of, of people uh, and it's uh, with with gar- larger groups uh, yeah I do think that it's, it's healthy and it's, it's also normal yeah no because especially normal. when you're spending so much time with yeah. with people like something like the end crowd where you're doing Tuesdays and Fridays and maybe two shows and outside shows yeah. You're gonna have issues or things. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's also not. It's not a whole lot of time. It's two hours right. on a Tuesday, two hours on a Friday, and some emails. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it's a lot. It definitely you, but it's a lot of you know consistent consistency. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's you. It's not like a lot of numbers and time per week, but it mm-hmm. has to be Tuesday and it has to be Friday. There's no flexibility with that. Yeah. So. I think there's also something to be said, though, for groups that are all on the same page and do love being around each sure. other. Because uh, I was on club group team. That was my first team in Chicago. And we, I, ta- I think I've talked about this before on one of the podcasts, um, but club group team went through, we formed out of level three at IO. Mm-hmm. So we, and it was like the middle of level three. So we had several levels to go. Uh, so we were with each other at least three hours of classes a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started doing Monday shows at this place called The Spot, and we were there from 8 to 11, so that's another 8, 9, 10, what was that, eight, eight, another three hours or so. Um, and then we would also hang out with each other and see shows. Yeah, well, that's uh, a lot so, of time. Yeah, so we would, we would push maybe 10 to 15 hours a week mm-hmm. around each other just hanging out, uh, and that... Never really. I mean, of course, there's people that get involved with each other. Yeah. That, that that's pain in the ass. Whenever people date on an improv team. Yes. Uh, that usually I haven't seen that end well. It usually doesn't unless 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 it's marriage and then retirement together. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. But I mean, it's as, as the term goes, don't dip your pen in the company ink. There you go. Um, the pen's a penis. Oh. Okay. Come, All right. And don't, don't, what would company don't, ink? Your your uh, truth. Okay. Truth. All right. All right. Gotcha. The inkwell is a vagina. (laughs) Oh. Yes. So I guess for girls would be the same way, except they have a strap on. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, Uh, office romance (laughs) doesn't usually end well Well, in an improv. No, you need need to come in. Yeah. Already dating. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or 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 date someone and then bring that person in. Which is what happened in club group team. Uh, they uh, this guy was dating this one girl and then brought her in, uh, but they they were actually together through the entire yeah. the entire run of that team. Um, but there are so many teams in Chicago where it would happen, and and, and again, I think it's kind of natural to have to develop something. Yeah, um, you know, you, you can't fight you're working, who you're interested. You're, you're in. working close together. Things right. happen. Yeah, one thing leads to another. Yeah. Drinks, you know, yeah. maybe that on stage kiss yeah. slash stripping was meant to be more. Yeah. 
but I think it's also a lot of times uh, really superficial because you you just get in, get feelings for it, it's crushes a lot of times. Oh I yeah. Guess. yeah, yeah, improv. I've never have to worry about that. No one has ever <laughs> had an improv crush on me. Like, oh, here comes that guy with yeah. his hat and four square shirt. Yeah, I never dated anybody that I've been on a. How did we get on that? I remember. Uh, we're just talking about all the time. That, oh yes, that people yes. and conflicts, and, and then different conflicts that yeah. that come up. It happens. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, but if you get to the point where someone is just detrimental to the entire group, that's time to just like, well, listen, it's been been real. Yeah. Yeah. So you you have you had that? Um, happen? we've had a few people who have been you know just, poison. Uh, po- <laughs> I guess they're more of just like dead weight. Okay. They're like, well, you haven't been funny in years. <laughs> oh, you're leaving? Oh, no. Oh, it's terrible. That's a shame. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a lot like, for me, for me, it's a lot like, you know, like like you get a cut and scabs over. <laughs> Eventually, the scabs going to fall off. All yeah. right. Most most people are self-aware to know that, well, man, I'm everyone's growing and I'm not. Or I think I'm better than everyone else, so I'm leaving. So... Everyone who's left, everyone who has left the end crowd, I would say the majority of them have been um, like, well, all right, not not too much of a. Eh, I mean, sad, sad to see him go, but whatever. And a few like, oh, I miss that person. <laughs> okay, is there anything else that you're? Well, let me let me ask you this: you don't tend to do much long form. No. Uh, why is that? Uh, mainly travel. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it does take me one to three hours to get down here, gas being four bucks a gallon. Yeah. And, I mean, Tuesdays and Fridays, and then I'm usually here Saturdays and Sundays hanging out. And um, if I lived in Philly, I might do more and whatnot. Um, I would be, I don't I'd be a little apprehensive because, like, I don't know how well I would function in a long-form group. Because, like I said, I don't have any sort of formal training. Right. So I kind of feel like a long form group would like use a lot of terms that are like, all right, um, listen, you know I'm funny, right? I don't know what you're saying, and so I would think I'd be, I think I'd be really annoying to have to like coach. I think I would, unless you like had to be really patient with me, because I'm pretty set in my ways. Because if something hasn't been corrected by now, it's gonna be really hard to correct it. Yeah. What old dogs? Yeah. So. I would need someone... If I was going to a long-form group, I would need someone to appreciate my uh, particular style of just... It's a lot of energy and a lot of references. Okay. Like, I wouldn't... I don't think I would do well in uh, a group that had a form that required, like, a slow burn. Because I'm just... I'm not a slow burn person. Like, if you see me do long-form, it's out of the gates... You know, you're going to be hit with something, a ridiculous statement. Yeah. And I'm going to build off of that. Yeah. And then I probably will giggle slightly at myself. Okay. Which I don't want to, but sometimes I say something so terrible, like, oh, man. Maybe, <laughs> maybe a Hello Keller joke at this point of the show may have been in poor taste. Yeah. But I thought it was funny. Yeah. I'm, I'm terrible with cracking on stage. Yeah. I've ruined many scenes. Hmm. Um, well, I'll, I'll also occasionally... Um, feel the need to uh, explain. Like, um, for example, last night I portrayed George Washington and I said, Come on, Horatio Gates, let's get the Hessians. 
You were with me at the crossing of the Delaware, just so that we're clear. You are one of my generals here at the crossing of the Delaware, named Horatio Gates. Uh, and because what I previously said, no one got. Yeah. And then I'll go, really? Come on, guys. Read a book. Read a book. Learn something. Educate. Um, so, yeah, you, speaking of educate, you teach. Elementary, K Elementary, through 5, yeah. and everything in between. Um, are you a sub? Yes. Okay. Yes. So is it like, that's your, that's... What that you, pretty much pays, that pays my bills. Yeah. I'm also currently a social media consultant. Yes, which is where I was going next. Yes. Um, is there anything you could say about that? Or are those secrets too? Um, or well, is that your secret? Uh, oh, no. <laughs> it's <laughs> just, out. I just destroyed this computer. Um, I... Basil Pedaris! For... Ah! <laughs> 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 um... I, uh, for two bars, I handle all the Twitter, Facebook, Yelp, Google, and Foursquare needs. And, uh, they pay me to do it. And my overall goal would be to do more of that for more people, so eventually I could have enough monthly income to move down here and do long form. So, if you need social media consultation, <laughs> you let me know. So, is that, that's what's keeping you where you're at? Yes. Is, uh, just the Mainly financial. Yeah. Okay. So you would move? Oh yeah, I go. would if I if I had a job that I wouldn't want to kill myself. Uh, I'm looking on my phone here because I posted in the Philly Comedy Network. Oh, if there's any uh, comments, if there's any questions, so I'm going to check that. There's a few. Let's see what we got. All right. Uh, this is from Matt Nelson. Matt Nelson. Matt Nelson. That hack. <laughs> <laughs> when is he going to give up and move to Philly? We, uh, we money. Yeah. That's easy. Alright. Uh, Next question. Kristen Shear. Ugh. Uh, we, we talked about some of this stuff already. How did he first come up with the Hans Gruber concept for a duo show? Well, also, the, the video I showed Dave Warwick, um, I think this is a... I think I want to say Modern Modern Warfare 3, the video game. Okay. There's a level of zombie. There's a zombie level on there where you can portray... You can play as JFK, yep. Castro... McNamara or Nixon. Yeah. And they have the intro video where, like, listen, we've brought you here, Mr. Castro, yeah. to discuss nuclear war. And then zombies break in. Yeah. McNamara goes, Mr. President, they've entered the Pentagon. Yeah. And Kennedy goes, zombies. All right, people, let's lock and load. Yeah. And, like, it's just completely normal. Mm -hmm. This is Kennedy, Castro, Nixon, and McNamara. And they zombies. also have trained to fight zombies. Yeah. Perfectly normal. Yeah. That's just the reality of what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so that is like the, that's what we are. We're these people. Also, this is perfectly reasonable. Yeah. So. Yeah, I've played, I, that's the only part of Modern Warfare 3 uh, that I've played is the zombie. Yeah. Or is it Modern Warfare 2? I think it's Modern Warfare 2. Um, I think. I don't know. Whatever. But yeah, that's the only one that I've, I've I've never done the campaign mode. I've only done. The I don't have a system. So <laughs> I have a system right now. That's Kevin Pettit's. He's going to be taking that soon. Um, what does his middle initial stand for? Oh Kristen no, Shear. Kristen Shear asked that. She knows that. I can't. I can't tell you. Oh no. No, I can tell you what my first name is. Do you know what my first name is? I don't think so. No. Yeah. Okay, here's a big mystery. Uh. -uh. My first name isn't actually the letter B. What? It's Berkeley. 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 Berkeley J. Ellis. Okay. If, I, every time Justice. I, no. Um, every time I tell someone that, they're Jeff like, Hammer. no. 
Um, they like, oh, I'm gonna call you Berkeley. Jules. Nope. Let the pawn call you Berkeley from now on. Berkeley. Hey, Berkeley. And then it lasts for like five minutes. It's like, <laughs> hey, BJ. Man. If I get rich and famous, I'll go by Berkeley. Julio. No. Um, but I'm just, I'm a BJ. Beach. Hey. How's it going? Berkeley's a family name. Goes back many generations. Okay. From Berkeley. A Germanic. Okay. That notion. Uh. I can't believe people are asking questions. Krista Chris, Chris said, heck, what is his first name? She uh, knows that. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's probably just Whatever. beating uh, Alex J. Gross. Another Heck. J. J. Uh, does working with children help his improvising at all? Um, I would say if no one has really, well, few people have seen me teach and also do improv, uh, I would feel that the uh, my my answer to that would be that if you see me teach, you would say, "Wow." His improv is a lot like his teaching. Or like, man, his teaching is a lot like his improv. Because this is pretty much how I talk to kids all the time. Yeah. And But with a whole lot less Chuck Norris references and swearing. <laughs> and then when, and, but, but more yelling. Yeah. More loud, forceful, aggressive, sit down, yeah. do your work. Uh, I, I would think that your improvising would help your teaching. Oh, yes. Uh, as a, as a I, I teach a lot of classes, as you know. Uh, and there's a lot of teachers and lawyers too. There's a yeah. lot of teachers and lawyers that come through. Well, substituting is a lot like improv. It's you kind of you show up not knowing what's going to happen, but you need to occupy as a group of people for a set amount of time <laughs> for pay. Yeah. And if people leave or start crying, you've done a bad job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a question. Yes. People that know me. Uh, that I've directed, that I deal with in class, know that I'm very big on uh, no excessive jewelry, mm-hmm. no like flip flops on stage, um, nothing, nothing that really inhibits your your work. I want the girls to have their hair in ponytails. Okay, I'm very specific, and I also say no hats. Uh huh. You always perform, almost always yeah, for the last three four years always with a hat. hat. Yes. What's with that? Um, I, this is kind of like my calling card now, basically. It's just, I always have this hat on. Um, I, 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 growing up, did, did not accessorize at all. Don't have a, didn't have a wristwatch, you know, didn't even have a pocket. I had a pocket watch for like a month and then lost it. But I didn't, don't, don't like wearing, didn't like wearing hats, like ball caps or anything like that. But for my birthday, like three years ago, I posted on Facebook, like, ah, you know, I could use a hat. I need a hat. So... Open suggest- suggestions. And then uh, Jess Snow showed up with this Phillies hat by the Sarge. Oh, is Phillies, this, is, yeah. this is a Sarge, uh, Gary that. Matthews original wow. hat. And um, it's black and gray. And I wear a hat on stage. And um, I keep the brill up so it doesn't shadow <laughs> my uh, face or anything. And mm-hmm. um, I wear a hat and no one else does. So that's me. Okay. And I also have really poofy hair from time to time. <laughs> and this kind of keeps that out of my control. Yeah. So... Um, but, yeah, I, I, I can see your thing about, um, outfits. You definitely should be comfortable. I don't, I don't like watching groups for more than 20 minutes that are just street clothes. Yeah. Like, I like, I like, well, like, the crowd is always dressed in black. That's mm-hmm. our thing. Yeah. We're in black. That's our, like, uniform. And, yeah, we've occasionally toyed around with different ideas, but, you know, that's, that's, that's our thing. We, we dress in black, black shoes. You know, some people throw some gray in there, and I obviously throw gray in there, and mm-hmm. we 
we do that. Yeah. And then wherever the last festival I'm at, I usually leave the pass up there <laughs> yes. too, like uh, Clark Kent. Yeah. So. Yeah, with Asteroid, uh, they dress up. Um, yes. They, I, I don't like seeing groups that look like they're ready to go play kickball. Yeah. Um, cut off jean shorts, yeah. you know, sneakers. Because um, one of the philosophies I have is you should always prepare to dress better than the audience that's seeing you because they're paying to be entertained. And I, I want to make that all part of the, the experience. Look like you're there to, to do a show, not... Play hacky sack. Yeah, you don't want to look like slobs. Right. Yeah, I could. I completely agree with that. Yeah. Um, Although I do look like a slob for Hans Gruber because <laughs> from training myself, yeah. I usually dress uh, not like a slob, but I don't understand color matching. So, <laughs> but gray and brown, they're both darkish. Yeah. Match. <laughs> Match. Match. Bezopadaris. Yeah, perfect. Um. Uh, okay. So we talked Hans Gruber. Yeah. Talked and crowd. Yeah. Uh, ticket prices. Ticket prices. Marketing. Marketing. There's or did we? <laughs> or did we? We actually discussed a half an hour worth of marketing. <laughs> but where is it in the podcast? It's, it's a half hour of silence. It's gone. Uh, James Woods. <laughs> yeah. uh, what else? Uh, is there anything else on your mind? Um, I don't Matt know. <laughs> anything you want? Anything you want to know about me that you haven't already learned? Because, like I said, I don't think a lot of people have heard of me, but I don't really talk to anyone. I don't feel exactly connected to the improv community sometimes. Um, Just because... Because you're Because I'm away a lot, and yeah. I don't see... Like I said, people don't come to crowd shows, and then, you know, after... after I mean, I get there at, like, 6.30, set up the box office, sometimes run the box office, do a, you know, 80-minute show, help break down, you know, cash out the box office... I honestly do not feel like rushing down to the Shubin and mm-hmm. catching a 10 p.m. show and just sit there and watch improv for another mm-hmm. 45 to 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. Kristen does all the time. I don't know how she does it. Yeah. I think she's a, ju- she's a junkie. <laughs> Probably she does like 30 projects. Yeah. Um, she might have a twin sister for all we know. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Ever see the ever see Ghost Dad? <laughs> With Bill Cosby? Yeah. Directed okay. by Sidney Poitier, just so you know. Was it really directed yep. by Sidney Poitier? His last directorial, his, one of his first and only directorial uh, duties was directing Ghost. I didn't realize that that was Sidney Poitier. Poitier. You are welcome. I love bringing that up in shows. Wow. That is true story. terrible. But I think in Ghost Dad, there were twin boys that pretended they were one kid in high school, so they would switch off classes, and they were on the track team. And one kid would run behind a building, another fast kid would come out! <laughs> what? So I think that's what Kristen Chu does. I do have two, uh, another couple questions yes. uh, that uh, popped up going back to N Crowd. Yes. Uh, what? So you've been doing it for seven years. Yep. Still yeah. here. Uh, what do you see happening in the next couple years? Is there something like uh, that, um, is some end end game for? I don't for know. If there is an end game. I mean, I would imagine at some point we'll be closing up shop, but I don't see any reason why we would be doing that anytime soon because yeah. you know we still get people come out and I think if we had auditions people would want to come and do it mm-hmm. uh, I just hope that they would appreciate the time commitment because um, I really don't want anyone in the end crowd who's going to do one show a month and then be gone for three months because they're doing um, something somewhere else yeah. and whatnot. I mean I want 
Like, the end crowd, the, the, you know, the end crowd is, unless you're me, who has to be there all the time, um, you can do the end crowd, but you can also do other projects and whatnot. You know, we have, anyone in the end crowd is doing other shows or plays from time to time. Yeah. And it's okay for you to be gone for a month to go and do something and whatnot. More power to you. We have other people in the group. But if you're gone for like six months, then one, you're not really connecting with the rest of the group, which is a big part of it, the chemistry. And two, you know, we're fi- we have to fill that spot, and I'd much rather fill that spot with someone who um, can be there more or not. See, there's two in my mind. There are two lines. Two. Everyone has a graph. There's the funny line and the hassle line, right? If you're funny is above the hassle, eh, whatever. We'll All right. Yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Burn down the building, but you, you're hilarious. It's so funny. Perfectly okay. But if you aren't funny. Or you're funny and really big of a hassle. If that line crosses, then um, I'm I'm done with you. Yeah, yeah. Everyone in the end crowd right now is much funnier than they are a hassle. <laughs> it's good to hear. Everyone is a bit of a hassle at some point throughout the year. Yeah. I also have very little patience sometimes. So you being a hassle does not directly relate to you actually being a hassle. That's just more of my perception at the moment. Right. Okay. And you also said uh, a while back now that... Four hours ago. <laughs> yes. In this mysteriously, mysteriously short podcast. Uh, that when the end crowd was starting... Yes. The uh, improv community in Philly, uh, compared to now, was kind of like night and day. Oh, yeah. Uh, what what do you feel has changed? Or, or... Oh, just there's so many people yeah. in it. No. Um, it's like when 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 it first started, I could name you every group, <laughs> and with the exception of comedy sports because there, you know, dozens and dozens, every group, and then who was in those groups oh. and where you could find them. Um, I I can't compare it to they did an interview with the guy who invented the email, and he was like, oh yeah, I I still find a way to communicate, and then. You know, when we started email, I could tell you I knew every single person who had an email address. I knew them by name and knew who they were. And eventually was, I knew everyone, and then everyone else were friends of people I knew. And then suddenly, all these people are here, and I don't know who they are. And that's the same way with, with improv here, especially with FIT. There's like all these people. There's like, what, 80 people... Just on house teams. Yeah, just on house teams. And I don't know who they are. Yeah. I feel bad sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. I'm like, all right. But, yeah, it just exploded. Yeah. Or not. Uh, is that mainly the, the only differences? Um, <clears throat> there's more... Well, I mean, the mar- the marketing has gotten better for everything. You can definitely find what's going on better. And mm. that's more just technological advances. Yeah. With Facebook and online yeah. submissions. Um, so that's easier, um, and it just there's just a whole lot more people, and it's just a bit more organized now, especially with fit and whatnot. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean it's 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 mostly great aspects of it. I mean I do like it when it was I I reminisce like when it was great when it was a little bit smaller and whatnot. And you know the more the more people that are out there, the more you know you it, it's like a bell curve. You got. Some awesome, a lot of really good, some okay, and then... Yeah. Ooh. 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 I see why this is a $2 show. <laughs> yeah. 
You know, so I mean, the more people that have, you're just gonna the percentages stay the same. Yeah. But if the percentages are applied to a larger number, yeah, that's why. Like back in the fifties, there were no, there were not as many murders. Well, it, no, because there's a whole lot less opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> the percentages are pretty much the same. Oh my god. Is there anything else? Um. Bring up before. We draw to a close. Oh no! Well, we are in hour eight. <laughs> yeah. But mysteriously, so shorts. <laughs> all the marketing um, is missing. All the marketing is missing. Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. I've enjoyed myself. I think this will be your highest rated program. Yet. Probably. Yeah. I have no way to check. Who did you interview? Really? Yeah. Should. Uh, well, I'm sure there's a way to, to check. I just haven't. Look at the bandwidth. Gotten into it yet? I have. Uh, MikeMarbeck.com, which I have to set up again. I, I had it a long time ago, yeah. Uh, but I rebought it, and that's where a lot of these are going to start to go. That's great. Um, I have Beejer.com. Beejer. B yeah. B e e j e r dot com. Okay. Which is also where you can be reached on Twitter. That's true too. At Beejer. Yeah. Um, is there anything else? To, is there anything you want to plug? Plug. So talk about Encrowd. I'm sure. Uh, Encrowd stuff and. You know, beejer.com, you pretty much find out. I'm always on, usually retweeting interesting Twitter posts. Foursquare. Love Foursquare. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I'm the mayor of everything. <laughs> I'm wearing a Foursquare t-shirt right now. <laughs> yeah. I am. It's a very comfortable t-shirt. <laughs> Looks uh, like a comfy tee. It is a comfy tee. I got this really cheap. Where did you get it? Uh, from the Foursquare store. Yeah, sure. Right. Are you the mayor of the Foursquare store? Uh, no. Although, so many speaking, speaking of Foursquare, though, I, I am one of the earliest adopters of it. Yeah. I think there's like 20 million users now, and my user ID number is like 10147. So, like, within the first, almost first 10,000 people oh. signed up. That's that's a feather in your cap. That's a feather in my cap. You can put, you put it in your cap. Uh, you know, I would look like a German hiker if I did that. <laughs> I don't think. Like that, uh,. That's like one of my favorite games, then yeah. Plinko. Oh, Plinko, you can't go wrong. Yeah. Plinko's great. Oh, you know what you should, people should definitely do? Uh, definitely, you should definitely follow the Encrowd on Facebook. Okay. Yeah, it's facebook.com slash, I think it's Improv Comedy Facebook. We're easy to Google, just Google us. Okay. But uh, that's usually most of the recent updates of anything going on is on there. Is there an Encrowd Twitter? Uh, yeah, it's Philly Encrowd. Okay. And, um, you know, it's. I post more regularly on Facebook than Twitter. Okay. Um, Twitter is like a few times a week, and Facebook is more than a few times a week. Yeah. Okay, so you can follow you on Twitter That's at Beecher. Uh, you can follow the N Crowd on Twitter, uh, Philly N Crowd, and Facebook. Uh, go see the N Crowd. Yeah. The N Crowd's on, on Foursquare also. And Foursquare. We have a brand page. Okay. So we're practically Sony. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, BJ, for getting close. Entirely too close. <laughs> Entirely too close with Mike Marbeck. Uh, and yeah, thank you. Okay. The secret to my marketing is. Well, that concludes another exciting episode of the Getting Close with Mike Marbeck podcast. Uh, I would like to thank BJ. BJ put on a great interview a great conversation with him uh as i said he's got some strong opinions about some things uh he thinks that you're uh some of you at least are not going to see the end crowd out of spite uh i can neither agree nor disagree to that statement all i can say is go see it it's a it's an awesome show so if you are going that's awesome if you're not going 
especially if you're not going out of spite. Uh, man up. That's dumb. Um, it's a great show, and I count many of those members amongst my friends. Uh, if you'd like to not just see the end crowd, but be the end crowd, you're in luck. Because they have auditions coming up. Auditions will be held, let me see here, July 14th. If I'm not mistaken, that's a Saturday. Uh, that's actually the day before the Season 5 premiere of Breaking Bad. So if you need a milestone in your mind to remember the end crowd auditions, remember it by the fact that it is the day before the Season 5 premiere of Breaking Bad, July 15th. Look at look for that on AMC. I'm plugging AMC, everybody. They are giving me nothing, um, except hours of awesome entertainment. Currently going through Mad Men. I just finished Season 3, just started Season 4, uh, because that's how things work chronologically. Uh, it's a really, really great show. So thank you once again, AMC, one of our unofficial sponsors. Uh, what am I saying? Yeah, and crowd auditions. So check them out. Uh, you can contact ncrowd.casting at gmail.com uh, sign up for an audition time so if you want to get involved with improv particularly short form improv the end crowd is an awesome place to do it because they have a weekly show in a regular spot uh, with a regular crowd uh, so check them out, it's awesome uh, yeah, that's all I got to say about BJ he was great, thank you once again and I don't know who I have. Well, I think maybe the next podcast is going to have uh, a group that I coach, Beardo, Dennis Trafney, Dan Jacquette, and Kevin Pettit. Uh, They form the team Beardo, and uh, yeah, I'm going to have those guys on, talk to them about all this stuff. If a conversation with one person lasts just about two hours, I don't know what's going to happen with three. Uh, especially those three knuckleheads. Um, yeah, should be a good time, so check it out. But don't quote me on that, but it's probably going to be Beardo. Look for them. Uh, and also, do me a favor. If you like this podcast, if you, if you like the Getting Close with Mike Marbeck podcast, uh, then actually like it. It's now on my site, MikeMarbeck.com, so go there, click the Like button for Facebook, and it will appear in your Facebook feed. Then other people will see it, and they'll listen to it, and they'll like it, and then just, you know, one after the other, uh, you got thousands of people, um, because that's how things work chronologically. Um, Or you could tweet it out, tweet it out to different people, to all your followers. Uh, Just get the word out is what I'm saying. Um, The more people listen to it, the better off. And pretty soon I will have a uh, iTunes for it, Right now, I don't because I don't know how. I'm sure it's something simple. I keep bugging Aaron Herzog as if he's the WordPress master uh, for information. And he's been very kind and has helped me out along the way. Right now, the site, MikeMarbach.com, looks terrible. Uh, I mean, it's pretty functional, but as far as visually, it looks like it's uh, circa 1999. So, yeah, if you want to party like it's 1999... Go to MikeMarbach.com. Uh, or if you just want to have a good time, go to MikeMarbach.com. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say. Thanks uh, thanks very much, and uh, thanks for getting close. Bye.